I'm Zack Snyder. And I'm Aiden Matthews. And welcome to another YouTube podcast, the one-stop shop for everything and anything related to YouTube. We are at episode one. It's official. We did it. We did it. We got out of the, the zero, and now we're moving up to an actual number. Exactly. <laughs> Right. So we're going to start off every single episode from this point onwards by talking about our week on YouTube. Yeah, should be pretty tight. We spent the last podcast, the first segment was introductions. Mm -hmm. Since we can't literally introduce ourselves in every single podcast, you know, we thought (laughs) it might be a better idea to just sort of give uh, what's going on in our lives because, hey, we do YouTube. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes. Daily (laughs) uploads. I mean, it's a thing. It's a thing. So, uh, I guess, do you want to start? Or? You, you can go ahead and start. All right, I'll go ahead and start. So, I actually had a uh, fairly decent week for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, my four videos that I've put out have done well. Nice. Um, 47 views for the questions on the couch, 52 for the midnight vlog, 17 for the Let's Play episode, yay, Let's Plays, <laughs> <laughs> and 21 for the midnight vlogs that came out today about why I hate remakes. And mm. that one already has 21 views in 10 hours. So that one's good as well. Not but there bad. was also, in the midst of all these positive vibes, you know, I was shouting people out. I was talking to people on Twitter, building connections, getting views, having a good time. But then I notice when mm-hmm. I go over to my magical little creator studio and check on the video manager, mm-hmm. oh, what's this? It's a yellow little monetization circle. And then I inspect closer. I give it a, I give it a, closer look and in text at the bottom not suitable for all advertisers request a review <sighs> i've been hit oh been boy hit, they hit my battleship my battleship has sunk which they, is crazy because you're a smaller it. youtuber and right. they still hit you which is interesting exactly um yeah. i guess a little bit of context behind this youtube and the adpocalypse and all this ad shenanigan scenarios, they've been trying to find ways, YouTube has rather, has been trying to find ways to sort of correct itself. And one of the ways it's tried to do so is by having little things like this, where if YouTube finds a video that's not suitable for advertisers, it will automatically uh, take the monetization off for it. So they can go up to companies and be like, hey, look, this awful video won't have your ads on it. Look at us. We're trying. We're YouTube. Whatever. But, like everything else YouTube does, it's bot run. So if a bot finds one little inch or it it manages to pick up a not-so-family-friendly part of your video, bam, instantly demonetize. And here's the thing, you can request a review to get it off, but you have to have a thousand views on the video within seven days. And so... Because I'm a small channel, because I don't make a thousand views until like a month in, <laughs> mm-hmm. or maybe several months, depending. Right. There ain't no way this video is going to get a thousand views. There ain't no way this thing's going to be reviewed. So pretty much in the span of a couple of days, this video, Questions on the Couch, Episode 11, the DK rap, <laughs> went from being a money-making good video with 47 views that did super well, and then late last night immediately just been like oh hey no money on it anymore you're not getting it back it's gone now and that shit sucks uh sucks a lot because again how are you supposed to fight this if you're smaller 
how are you supposed to get the views required for YouTube to actually look at it? How do you know they're even tracking the right videos? How do you even know that the video that you had was advertiser friendly or not? I mean, they give you some guidelines, but they're so like loose and really it's just up to interpretation on how you want to view them. Uh, and I've seen other channels get hit with this large scale, bigger YouTubers, people like lazy game reviews and such where just all of their videos all of a sudden get hit with it. And keep in mind, most of these channels don't swear. There isn't advertiser, you know, they're not, they're not evil to advertisers. There's not a bunch of swear words. There's not gore. There's not nudity or anything like that. Right. These are pretty tame and good videos and all of them get hit at once. So imagine my scenario on a larger scale with the YouTuber who makes all their money through ads with people who rely on their videos to do well consistently. And then it just gets into an even worse scenario where you're like, okay, now you have to start relying on Patreon and now you have to start relying on merch. Uh, but for some people, this might be it for them. This might be a death blow. Uh, they might yeah. never come back. And if YouTube fixes it, it might be too late. You know? Once it, the damage is done, it's done. It sucks. It sucks a lot. And it's hitting, like you said, it's hitting a lot of different people all over the place. Um, I saw a tweet from Boogie2988 earlier, one of the bigger YouTubers. He's at like 4 million subs now. And he posted another picture of... And he got hit early on when all this new advertiser-friendly stuff was happening. He was getting, like, almost all of his videos just started getting hit. And now he's got another few of them that were hit earlier today. So it's... I guess they're making rounds again. Right. And to my knowledge, it's just another algorithm thing that they're adding. Mm -hmm. It's just a thing that they're trying to do to make it look to advertisers like YouTube's trying. Yeah. But in the process, it's managing to hurt a lot more people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the people that built the platform, the creators, the people who put out the content, the videos. If you're doing it, this is a, a huge blow to your incentive, to your drive, to your morality, to even continue. Yeah. And if you get hit hard enough, if you're not able to contact YouTube... If your videos don't have a thousand views, right? Like, there's just so little room to get your problem actually fixed. And granted, YouTube can't do it all by itself, I don't think. With how many videos are being uploaded, like, a second, there ain't no way they're going to be able to monitor every single one. So they have to rely on bots. But man, this algorithm is hurting people. Yeah. Uh, badly. It sucks. Um, there's another YouTuber... Uh, named Comic Drake. He, he's he been on YouTube for about two years now. He's done a couple of things with Game Theory in the past. He's been on Screw Attack. Done a couple of things all over the place. But uh, he's only at 122,000 subscribers, which is still like right. fairly small, right? And um, in, in the whole grand scheme of things. And he, I mean, he put up a video a few months ago and this whole entire non-advertiser friendly thing that was coming out was, was becoming a thing saying that he doesn't know if he's even going to be able to like continue doing YouTube because you know it was hitting him big time like a lot of his videos were getting hit and he you know he has another job or he did have another job and then he quit it to do YouTube and he was doing well and he was able to make the money but he didn't have any of those other like sources of income to come in so it's one of those things where he had to really start doubling down and making sure he had the daily uploads and Get the Patreon and stuff like that. So it's crazy. Sure. Just to let you guys know, here on YouTube's help page is 
quote-unquote content that is not eligible for advertising. So if your video has any of these following things, mm-hmm. chances are it's going to be hit by, by, this, by this bot, by this algorithm. And your video will be demonetized, and you'll have to request a review and wait upwards of a couple of weeks, if not a month, to hope that it gets fixed. Anyway, here are the things. This is non-advertiser-friendly content. Controversial issues and sensitive events. Drugs and dangerous products or substances. Harmful or dangerous acts. Hateful content. Inappropriate language. Inappropriate use of family entertainment characters. That one's just, like, specific. (laughs) You know what that one's... You know that one targets, right? Those little kid channels with, like, the Spider-Man... The Spider-Man and Elsa Elsa videos. Yeah, that's exactly what it targets. I'm all for that one. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Incendiary and demeaning. Sexually suggestive content. And violence. And some of these, like, I don't have a problem with. Right. Like, sexually suggestive stuff, sure. Violence, sure. You know, freaking hate speech, fine. Drugs, really don't need weed videos on YouTube. I'm fine with that. But controversial issues and sensitive events? Mm -hmm. Inappropriate language? Demeaning? Demeaning to who? (laughs) Who are we referring to? Whose standards are these? Even There's then, billions though, of ways to interpret that. Well, here's the problem. Even then, though, the you're talking about the sexually suggestive stuff and the violent stuff. And the YouTube has stated before, if your video is a Call of Duty death montage and that's all it is, like it's not going to be advertiser friendly because of violence, because of death, and because and of violence. violence. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then comedians get hit with the the language thing all the all the time and sexually suggestive <laughs> stuff like. I think if it's not nudity, it should be fine. But even then, there's boundaries that, that they don't want to take. Sure. So. Yeah. I mean, like, the majority of YouTube content falls into one of these five little things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It falls into into these little things. So the majority of them, you would think, would be hit by this thing and uh, by that bot. And a lot of them are. <laughs> because these things are too loose. They're not specific. And sure, they give you paragraphs trying to like detail it out a little bit, uh, but really only YouTube knows for sure which videos are going to get hit by it. You know, Right. Like only they're going to know which ones are going to be targeted for sure. And sometimes if the bot's too advanced for them, they might not even know <laughs> what's getting hit. I mean, yeah, the, the entire YouTube algorithm is so obscure and out there that there's multiple people working on it so even a couple of the people working on it doesn't even know exactly everything that it does or exactly how everything works so it's it's really weird (laughs) yeah i i hope i hope i did a good enough job explaining it Mm. (laughs) because i'm not sure the little yellow monetization circle that i'm referring to is the one that says limited or no ads basically And it hits a bunch of YouTubers, and it seems to be absolutely random. Mm-hmm. And if it happens, you have to uh, send a review, and then they'll review it if it has a thousand views. So right. that's sort of the deal. It hit me with only one video, thankfully only one video. Um, but according to what Darklight Dreamer was saying, like that'll end up ruining your video's search as well. Like it's not going to yeah. be seen by a lot more people now because of that. Well, like YouTube will break it down. It was kind of in the news lately as of this like past week or so 
that YouTube is also hammering down even more so into the advertiser-friendly type stuff to where they're targeting specifically like hate speech videos and then any kind of videos that have like very controversial topics. And they're blacklisting those YouTube channels to where you can't really find them in search. You won't be recommending them. Um, They're even going as far in Google to where if you type in something like, uh, I mean, this is extremely controversial. If you type in something like ISIS or Mm -hmm. uh, even like Muslim, instead of the top search things that come up, which I mean, if you go and type those things now, it's going to be a lot of the, the hate speech regarded against them or a lot of their own videos. Um, but now you type in ISIS or something like that and the search result becomes something like uh, a group of Muslims talking about how ISIS isn't representing the entire cult, the, the entire thing, which it doesn't. You know, I mean, we know that it doesn't right, represent right. the entire thing, but you're going to come up with like a lot of those videos kind of talking bad against the actual ISIS thing and talking in favor for all this other kind of stuff. So they're actually like working in the algorithm to where you're, you're not going to be able to find those extremely controversial videos. And instead right. you're going to find these watered down um, more along the lines of safe space type videos. Exactly. And I mean, we could spend a whole episode talking about this and right. does this mindset really help them and how good will it be long term and, how are the creators reacting and all that sort of stuff. We could spend a whole episode on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the last I'll say about it is this, and then we can kind of move on to your week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some people, when they hear all this and they hear all this trouble or whatever, it's very easy for a lot of viewers, commenters, fans to be like, good. I'm glad your videos aren't making money through ads anymore. Now you have to do YouTube as a hobby. Now you have to do do it as something that it should have been. Right, these are the people who think YouTube isn't a job, and so when they see YouTube coming down on all these creators, they're like, "Good, great! Now you have to do it for fun. Now you can't just make money off of it." I'm, I'm glad. Hmm. Here's the thing: <laughs> if you have that mindset about YouTubers or whatever, watch how quickly the vast majority of them disappear because of that. Yeah. You know, if this hits hard enough and it takes on enough people. Watch how quickly a lot of your favorite content creators will just disappear off the map. You know? Mm-hmm. Watch how quickly the platform will just become back in the 2006 days of people just uploading random videos with no quality. Right. With no production value. Of just random crap. Picture it like Facebook video or, or Twitter video or whatever. Like these, these new platforms where it's just randomness all around. And it's not highly produced stuff at all. Money, for better or worse... <laughs> makes the world go round oh, and yeah. it makes youtube a thing for a lot of people and when you take that away and when you take away uh, your creativity essentially because that's what you're doing you're not allowed to talk about controversial things uh you're not allowed to mention certain topics you're not allowed to swear at all that stuff can be very limiting to your creativity and what you want to make so even if they do stay on those videos are going to suffer as a result depending on the person so I guess uh, all I have to say is that this is a big deal. And if you're one of those people just being like, okay, good, I'm glad they're not making any money anymore, you really do have a closed mindset about the whole deal. And you really need to look into the other side of the coin 
and how this platform treats its creators and how these creators are having to adapt almost every single day just to bring content out to you. So when you start acting entitled like that, you're going to get a lot of flack for it. And I think rightfully so. Right. But that's it. That's my final thought on it. Um, yeah. What's, what's important to realize is that when you take some of the, some of the channels that are in the middle ground, you know, that hundred thousand to a million subs that, you know, they can't live off of YouTube ad revenue and maybe they were able to, and now they're not being because of these things that are hitting them. When you keep into account to where some of these are, some of these people are already working regular jobs and then are doing this as a hobby, but now in order to make sure that they are still able to self-sustain the amount of money that they need to live off of, um, they're they're having to put in more hours every single week to make sure they have daily videos or two videos a day or whatever it is that it takes to make sure they're able to make the exact same money that they were currently, that, you know, that they were making in the first place. So it's it's very important to realize that these content creators that are going to be driven away if these enforcements continue to be such a big issue that right now they're in the their survival stage they're trying to survive so they're losing countless hours of sleep you know they're probably stressed out of their mind they're dealing with depression now it's it's a lot of things where it's harming the individual because they're trying to make their hobby the thing that they love doing, the thing that they're obviously good at because they've gotten to the point where they were able to succeed off of it, it's turning that into a big stressor in their life that could like inevitably kill them if they keep trying to be in that survival stage. Right. So yeah, I, I just mentioned the whole financial side of things. You're taking it to like mental and physical strength mm-hmm. almost to that point. Yeah. If that really is your livelihood. Right. And lucky for me, like I got hit with this one thing, but you know, I'm not stopping. Right, right, right. right posting videos out i'm still gonna request the review and hope that something good happens i'm still gonna keep working at it uh but for some of those bigger channels i'd imagine if they're not already on patreon or merch they're they're in struggle mode right now and i truly do feel for those people so if anybody is going through this at all or you're having your videos struck by the limited or no ads just letting you know you're not alone everybody else is going through it as well and i encourage you to stay strong and I encourage you to keep doing the thing that you love and not let uh, the algorithm or bots or whatever get in the way of that. Keep posting videos. Keep grinding. Keep making your dreams a reality. Hmm. It's sad and it's demoralizing for sure. Uh, but it's not the end of the world. You know, we'll make it through it. Right. What's also It's a dark time. <laughs> what's also important to realize is that if you're a brand new YouTuber, which I mean, the we you know, we talked about a lot. We talked a lot last week about how to you know, whether you should start a YouTuber channel or not. Um, if you are a brand new YouTuber, these aren't problems that you have to worry about until a couple months down the road. Um, once you hit that 10,000 viewpoint, once you hit 10,000 overall views on your channel, then monetization starts becoming a thing that you can think of. But when you're like starting off fresh off, like we're going to talk about today, your first month on YouTube, this really isn't anything you need to worry about. Sure. Sure. Yeah. At least not now. Right. Which is why we're not spending the entire podcast on it. Right. And rather this sort of short segment. Right. Hopefully. I'm sure we'll have an hopefully. entire episode at some point. <laughs> yeah. But how was your week, Zach? My was week was week interesting. Yeah. So as I mentioned last time, I started a brand new channel to kind of rebrand, refocus the things that I wanted to do on YouTube. So I was a gaming channel with a bunch of things about movies and TV shows and I was doing all these different bigger production stuff. 
And then I recently made a brand new channel called Zack Snyder Productions, where I put these higher edited uh, videos, podcasts, these types of things on this new channel. So if you're listening to this podcast, that's what you're listening to on, unless you're on iTunes or Google Play or anything. So um, this was the very first week where I kind of went into full schedule mode, where I was doing all the things that I said I was going to have up on, on schedule. Um, right. And it was it was interesting because uh, last week I re-uploaded a bunch of stuff. Obviously, these things didn't get that many views because they were re-uploads. So the main people that already watched me had already seen them. Although I will say a couple of the Final Destination reviews that I did actually did okay in terms of views um, compared to the fact that people had already seen them. So I guess I brought in a couple new viewers there, which is cool. Um, And then we had the the episode zero of this podcast come up last Sunday. And then I did a Rick and Morty video. I did a Q&A video. We started a brand new roundtable podcast and then the big thing that the big thing that hurt me this week in terms of youtube was that i just started back marching band stuff for college and i have classes starting up next week so my schedule just got substantially busier so i didn't get out one of my movie reviews that i wanted to get out today as as of recording um instead i ended up putting up like like a trailer video that was a little shorter and a little easier to make to have that daily uploads but other than that like the the daily uploads have been happening um a couple of them didn't happen right on time so time management is still a little bit of an issue in terms of that but (laughs) (laughs) um i think i'm on the right track to to being successful with this channel oh yeah oh yeah i think you are what are you at 31 31 subs yeah and in less than a it's been like a week and a half so i think that's pretty good <laughs> and not every video is done like successfully well like you mentioned mm-hmm. but a couple of them did better than expected i think yeah no absolutely like, I, I was surprised to see the first final destination recap got 36 views yeah right? that's about that's almost as many as the one on the original channel got except for it took a while for that to get up to that number on the other channel so i'm very surprised right. that that kind of gotten gotten there big and part of that so you're already kind of seeing the benefits right to starting it on a new platform mm-hmm. absolutely and on a new channel rather not a new platform one of the one of the kind of difficulties that i've been having with this channel is because i don't have that subscriber base to where they're automatically getting notifications for my videos i'm having to mm-hmm. promote them a little bit more so oh. that's been interesting um i found some movie review like forums and uh facebook groups and i've been like shoving those videos over towards those different platforms and i think that's how the final destination one review did so well um yeah tell people to ring that bell yeah you gotta (laughs) tell people to ring that bell for sure you gotta gotta ring that bell (laughs) gotta hit that little notification bell yeah but i think i remember back in my day when it was just that you subscribed and you got videos Mm -hmm. yeah remember that remember that back (laughs) in back in the day like like a year ago (laughs) I guess right. it's probably been like two years at that point now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like the bell. Good time. Honestly, I think the bell is a good notification system. Sure. Um, as a viewer, I like it. As a creator, uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're kind of having to ask people to not only, hey, sub, but also hit that bell. And like, and, and leave a like... comment and share this with your friends, you know. Right. It's like another thing that you're asking them to do on right. top of it. Also, I have a T-shirt and Patreon. Just go do all the all the. It's. 
whoring them all out. So I guess to resolve that issue, right? Because that, that is an issue that we have as creators. We're having to ask our viewers a lot to do all these different things that sure. they wouldn't do unless we ask them to. So mm-hmm. make sure that as a creator, you have all those places easy for the, the viewers to watch. So having it all in your descriptions is really, really good. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, you want to make sure if you're telling people to follow a platform, that that platform better be everywhere mm-hmm. on your channel yeah. and easy to get to. Multiple ways to get to it. Either, yeah, you know? exactly. Having your subscribe button at the end of your videos with an end card. Sure. Something you should definitely do there. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, other than marching band, had a pretty good week. Yeah, other than marching band, which kind of sucked. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty good week. I'm I'm excited to see how the rest of the month is going to go because I'm premiering a couple of new shows. I think by having more of the Rick and Morty stuff out, that's going to bring more viewers. And then by once we get out of the whole final destination rut here and start getting into <laughs> some new movies, I think that's also going to be a a new way to to get some new viewers. Because you've been relying on re-uploads so far. Right. Right. So, so sort of once you get out of that territory. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Oh, it'll definitely be interesting. <laughs> I agree. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. But that, ladies and gentlemen, has been both my week and Zach's week mm. on YouTube. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. A little bit of crap on my end. Mm. A little bit of crap on your end. But overall, you know, fairly good. Aside from the whole ad thing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and introduce our topic? So our topic this week is how to survive your first month on YouTube. So basically, yeah. how to get your YouTube channel started, what are the things you should be looking out for, and just surviving. Just, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it can be a little tough, but it's also not as bad as some people say it is. Agree. Basically, when we left off of the last one, uh, the question, should you start? We were both like, Yes. So, if you're following along, now's the point where you've said yes, and then you're actually going to do it for a month. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> now it's just, it, before it was just a word, it was just a promise. Yes, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Now this next month is sort of taking action mm-hmm. and trying. There's a lot. Of, there's going to be a lot of trying and experimenting, I think, in this phase that's going to be fairly interesting. Absolutely. Uh, especially for that first month. I kind of want to. Yeah. I kind of want to preface this topic with, by saying surviving your first month on YouTube, that almost implies that your first month is going to be successful. There's a lot of videos on YouTube where it's like how to get a hundred subscribers in a month, how to make money on in, on YouTube in a month, all these kind of things. Is it possible to do that in one month? Yes, absolutely. Does it mean you're going to make it to that part in a month? Not necessarily. No. So keep that in Not mind that results may very well vary. <laughs> exactly we're we're like the infomercial people yeah we're gonna we're gonna give you a product but you know we're not saying that potato cutter will cut zucchini you know you gotta you gotta gotta use it for its intended purpose Mm -hmm. that analogy made no sense (laughs) that's great analogy and zucchini absolutely no sense I mean, it's just it's just making sure that even if you have the basics down, which we're going to be talking about today, even if you're right. consistent, which we'll be talking about today, even if you're promoting your stuff everywhere, which we'll be talking about today, like <laughs> these are the things like they're required to have, but it doesn't mean you're going to have the outcome that you're looking for yet. So what that means is you're surviving your first month 
You also should be surviving your second and third month if you really want to do this. And then on later on down the line, you should be doing this for a year. You should be doing this for two years. Like it's, it's about looking for the long game and just kind of to keep on pushing. And we could have easily titled this first podcast, How to Thrive in Your First Month on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, most people don't thrive is the issue. <laughs> no. We did. Uh-uh. <laughs> we certainly didn't. No. Uh, and I would argue the majority of people don't, unless you have those connections and unless you've made like 13 other channels before, man. <laughs> and this is a tip 14. And so you really know what you're doing this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then results may vary. Yeah. All right. Let's get into this month. Num- numero uno. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Which may not be the first of the month for you, depending on when you start your channel. It very well could be the 15th, you know? Do you remember your very first month on YouTube? Like, not the channel you have, but the very first. On July 20th. I'm talking about, like, your very first month on YouTube. Completely. Very. Like, when you first started your first channel. Do you remember that at all? Oh. I'm trying to think back on mine. No, I don't think I can. When I started my very first one, Mr. Mario 952. (laughs) I think it was with the idea of posting Let's Plays, but I never did. Uh-huh. And I think all in all, that channel only had about 40 or 50, maybe even less videos than that. Mm-hmm. But it was a small amount, point big. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I can't remember Jack Diddley. Yeah. <laughs> Blue Couch Productions, I know a bit more. <laughs> right. But that's recent. Okay, so your first month on Blue Couch Productions, how did that go? Do you remember that at all? Okay. Yeah, I do a good bit. So that was July 20th, 2017, mm-hmm. was the very first month. And that was still when I was under the impression that I wanted to do a sort of skit comedy channel, almost. Okay. <laughs> so the first two videos were uh, were a series that I never continued called Expert Reviews, where I basically outside pretending to be a British rich gentleman. <laughs> trying to review a product but doing it the expert way trying to be 100 percent uh the best way to review a product and of course by expert i meant i'm basically just an idiot fumbling around outside so it really wasn't an expert review at all that was the joke uh that's why the word expert was in quotations anyway uh the first month or so was dedicated to making those two reviews and then toward the end of it i believe is when i started live streaming but not like successful live streams. I'm talking like some of the early ones. Right. Okay. But that was all I did that first month. Okay. What about you? So my very first month of YouTube, like you said, you started trying to do like a sketch comedy thing. Well, my very uh-huh. first channel was a music related channel. So I did a lot of music covers and uh, my very first month was back in get this June of 2011. Hey. Yeah, so that was, that was six years ago. <laughs> a little over six years ago. Um, so a little bit different than that. My first month, I had, what's this, two, four, six. I had seven videos uploaded. And the views aren't bad right now because they're music-related. So they turn out a little bit better than game stuff do. Um, but right. I can't remember what the views were like when I first did it. I do know that the quality sucks. They were on a... Uh, laptop webcam. I used the laptop mic for it. Um, it was like most all piano stuff except for one trumpet thing. And um, I got a few dislikes. 
<laughs> yeah, because they your, they were not your good. First hater. Yeah, I got a few dislikes on them, and nice. uh, a few comments and stuff. I, I also got a chance to like these are the things where friends would watch, family would watch. Um, so I right. think that's where I got like most of my views from them. But You're other than that, them around your family, right? Like I didn't know what editing was, <laughs> and then the first uh, the first month on my gaming related channel, I had this big idea to do this big highly produced series and didn't really make any videos and until i think i'm trying to think let me go look right quick because that's the power of the internet right here i can actually go back and see what the those internet. Are, what those first videos looked like but i think actually those videos aren't there anymore i think i had started making let's plays <laughs> just a couple of weeks after i had that idea to make that produce series. So I was doing very regular uploads, but again, had no idea what editing was, had no idea what an actual microphone looked like, <laughs> like all these types sure. of things, you know, it was a very different time. It was a very different time. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. But for you listeners at home, <laughs> you don't have to go the route me and Zach did, <laughs> you know, you have a little bit more advantages. Uh, bestowed to you mm -hmm. or maybe disadvantages depending on how you look at it or where you're at right uh but i guess let's just go ahead and get into it like what what sort of the things that need to be done within this first month where are like the necessaries right what are the have to do's i guess so i guess for me like the first thing that i would think of when before you want to make a youtube channel is kind of figure out what you want to do with that YouTube channel. Right. So it's about like, you know, finding out what your audience is going to be, what your topics video is going to be. Uh, and then are you going to be a, a niche channel? Or are you going to be a variety channel and then go from there? Sure. That's almost like before the month even starts. Right. That's true. Like this is stuff you could plan out mm -hmm. ahead of time, which, which I recommend doing by the way, go Absolutely. ahead. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you want to wait a little while before actually starting and you just kind of want to plan some stuff out, like feel free to, uh, just remember to start, I guess too. Yeah. <laughs> just remember to actually put those plans in action is my deal. Right. Okay. So things that are kind of required, I'll start with that. Okay. Um, the name, mm -hmm. obviously you have to have a name for yourself. Right. And there's, I'm awful. <laughs> I'm absolutely awful at coming up with names for things. A channel and, uh, with the word blue couch in it. I, I could never have guessed. Right. right. Literally, literally the idea for the channel name was as I was editing the first video, because I still didn't know what I wanted the channel to be called at that point. Mm -hmm. Like I, I rather wanted to make the video <laughs> than come up with the channel name. Which is uh, good, honestly. Like if you're so excited to start making videos, the, the name can right. be decided after you make that first video. Yeah. But I was getting to the point where the first one was almost done and I wanted it up. But I'm like, oh, I kind of have to have a name now. Mm -hmm. So as I'm editing it, literally, I look over at my uh, blue couch in front of me. And I'm like, what if I... And then I start looking up blue couch stuff and whatever. I'm like, all right, well, I can, I can do some variety things. You know, I can do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, the productions in blue couch productions, that title... Productions meant like skits, meant like scripted content. <laughs> Nowadays, it just sort of means like I can kind of do whatever I want under this name. But back right. then, it actually meant like 
each video would be its own like huge production involved in it. Uh, like a John Chan yeah, or something like that. Right, 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 right. Like there would be a lot of, uh, there'd be a ton of work involved and maybe a video would take like months depending. Mm-hmm. But that's when I came up with the name. I literally saw my blue couch. I'm like, I'm sure many people don't have blue couch in their name and not a lot of people did. And I added productions to it and I'm like, good enough for me. And then uploaded that first video. Uh, it wasn't until later down the line that branding a name like Blue Couch Productions is a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but I didn't think about that at the time. I just wanted a dumb and unique sounding name. So I'm like, all right, good enough for me. Post, done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, naming things. Holy cow. And I know people who spend months just trying to come up with a name, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel you. That stuff's hard. So for me, when it came to naming my channel, my original channel, Subijin, and then Subijin Games, uh, it's it's a funny story. In middle school, I was like working with a couple of my friends to try to write this book, like this collective book thing. And we had like this entire fantasy world and we were going to have these characters and I was, we were just like trying to figure out a name for this random character. It was like a lion. And... <laughs> I just came up with this random ass name, Subijin. It was completely random, no origin or anything. Mm-hmm. It just I was just thinking of stuff and was like, okay, here's a name. <laughs> and then that became my username for like a lot of things. Right. And so it was my username for my YouTube channel, my YouTube account, you know, when I was watching YouTube like two years before I had actually made the channel. And then that just became the name of the channel. And it just stuck when go. I made Subijin games. So yeah. So I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into it. It's original. <laughs> it's so original because if you type it in, you don't see anything else but my stuff. Right, so, right. So definitely fits. Yeah. Or as I used to call the name back in the day, Sebijin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, there's some it's other actually people. actually Subijin. You gotta, well, you gotta get that E. <laughs> it actually could be a Japanese name because it's got the right like letters for it. So it could be Sebijin. Or like, <laughs> like it's, it's really weird. But yeah. So you can go super. I, I guess the, the point here is when you're thinking of a name, have it something that like it can be something that kind of describes who you are or what your channel is, or it can be just something super original. What you want to look for is see if anybody else has that name. And then if they don't have it, then you're good. You don't want unfair competition or comparison to strike up uh, simply based on your name. Mm -hmm. So if you can sort of distinguish yourself away uh, from most everybody, then that's awesome. Right. But yeah, the name is the first important thing. Here's a couple of things that you shouldn't do with your name, actually. Um, numbers mm-hmm. are, are a no. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, like, everybody had the same name. So when you registered it, it would add a bunch of numbers to the end of it to be like, hey, you can still use this. And most people just stuck with it. Um, however, like, you think Blue Couch Productions is hard to market. Try marketing <laughs> a name <laughs> with numbers in it. Holy heck. Yeah. Uh, that just ruins things. So I, I think if you're starting a YouTube channel now and you're coming up with a name, try to avoid numbers. Try to avoid uh, a lot of excessive symbols and stuff. Symbols are cool. I get it. Uh, but keep them away from your name. Mm-hmm. Also kind of a little a little tip. The simpler it is, the better. Uh, because, you know, you kind of want people to remember who you are after they watch your video. And so, like, 
with Zax, it's pretty easy because like there isn't no one called Sabijans. Mm. So right, like you remember the name. For me, mine is just simple enough to where you don't confuse it for anything else. You know. Exactly. You don't confuse my channel with like Blue Futon Productions. <laughs> you know that channel doesn't exist. That's uh, that's so. a channel idea right there. Yeah, there's a channel idea. He's over there typing it down. Um, but yeah, those are some of the those are <clears throat> those are sort of the pitfalls that you fall into when coming up with a name. Avoid symbols. Avoid names. Avoid making it overly complicated if you can, and try to have it be memorable. Mm -hmm. are my tips for that which is a hard thing to do but yeah right fun fact when you type in blue futon productions blue couch productions comes out as number five hey! so there you go there you, there you go right there and then walmart comes up like two more down <laughs> get a little bit of shopping done. yeah but <laughs> you know? no i definitely agree another another thing to look out for is if you're going to be a gaming channel, it's probably best to not put the word the 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 word game or gaming or games in your channel name. Just because so many people do it. Now, I do have one that has games in it. But I also made this channel 5 years ago. <laughs> so, it's a little different, but for the yeah. most part, if you can avoid putting games in it, you should you should probably do that. Mm -hmm. Um I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Or, and don't just copy a name either. Right. Don't have like your name be like JonTron whatever. Don't have your name be a reference to another channel. No, right? like, absolutely not. Uh -uh. You, the goal is to distance yourself. Right. Another thing. So that's number one. Another thing that I was just thinking of. Uh, so I recently made this new channel called Zack Snyder Productions. Guess what? There's a, <laughs> there's a director named Zack Snyder. Uh, with a K instead of an H. So when you typed mm -hmm. in Zack Snyder Productions for a few days, you was you weren't able to see my channel at all. Um, right. And you still can't see anything except for my channel trailer uh, come up in the in the search results. So that's another thing to keep in mind. If you have a name that can be related to anybody famous or even a bigger YouTuber, you might not want to have that in your title either. And all of that sort of comes down to research. Be mm. sure you're looking at YouTube. You're looking on Google. Right. You're making sure that no matter what, your name will be able to stand up on its own. Exactly. Fortunately for me, so the director, Zack Snyder, isn't too popular. Like, he is, but he isn't. So, sure. I think I'll be fine. You're a bit lucky on that front. Yeah. Okay. So, number two. You got the name down, right? You, you figured it out. You're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this. What, what's the second thing? What do you think? For me, it would be yeah. what kind of videos are you making? Right. Agreed. Yeah. What What's your plan here exactly? Sort of what step two is. Like, what are you, what are you actually going to do? <laughs> right? Mm. And there's a billion different ways of doing it. Right? Are you going to do furniture reviews? Are you going <laughs> to do a fitness channel? Are you going to vlog? Are you going to do game-related things? Like, what even? What even are you going to do? And mm -hmm. it's up to you to kind of decide that. Yeah. That's true. Um, and then once you have that topic, kind of sort of get down further into it, like dig down deeper, mm -hmm. and figuring out what like niche in that big topic you can actually do well. 
Right. And we can do an entire episode on niche versus variety. And I'm sure we will at some point sure. in terms of your channel. But I think what's important here is for your first video, right? Because this, I mean, this is your goal, right? Before, you know, before you get into the whole first month of YouTube, you want to make sure what that first video is. And then you want to start making sure you can make other videos that are very similar to it. Um, unless your first video is your channel trailer, which is another important thing. Exactly. But even then, you got to know what kind of videos are you going to make. And right. what's what's something that you can actually legitimately manage to do for a month? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So ways to figure this out, ways to kind of figure out what your what you want your audience to be is what are you interested in? What are you good at? And if you can find something you're interested in and good at at the same time, then bingo. There you have it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You find what interests you, what passions you, what gets you going. Exactly. And then figuring out how to turn that thing into content and making it consistently. Because mm -hmm. here's the thing. If your videos take like a month to make, then you probably shouldn't be doing them. <laughs> right? <laughs> or at the very least, having easier stuff to make that can come out on your channel while also working on your big project. Right. But right, the point is, is that these big videos, you know, aren't the aren't the sole focus here. You have something to do, something to rely on. Right, and it, it kind of depends. It, it really does depend. In the end of the day, what kind of content you make and how good it is is going to be what determines your success. But since you're just starting out, since you may not have any video editing uh, expertise or any expertise at YouTube at all or anything like that, um, the videos, the type of videos that you're making, you might not be able to make very well in a highly produced fashion. Because of that, if you're working on this big projects two to three months at a time or even a month at a time, then you really should be starting off with some smaller things to kind of figure out you know how to make videos and how to keep a consistent schedule and all that kind of stuff yeah i agree totally my point was just sort of more along the lines of know your limitations mm -hmm. absolutely just being like what can you actually manage to do versus what you want to do right right if you want to make these big long movie reviews you know if you can go for it yeah absolutely but if you can't maybe start like doing like little 10 minute vlogs, you know, just sit in front of a camera and give your thoughts about a movie and then promise to do one like every week or every couple of days or whatever, right? You're working your way up right. to that goal. But yeah, step number two, find what you want to do. What are you going to make videos about? What are you going to put out to the world? Mm -hmm. Which again, you can sort of figure out before you even get started and the earlier, the better, I think. But some people kind of come into it. Some people kind of try out a couple of videos, realize, oh, that's not what I want to do, and then change their mind. You know, kind of like what I did there. So mm -hmm. even if you think you know what you're doing, <laughs> sometimes that can change depending on what comes up. What's important to know is it can change. Your channel right. entirely can change. But since you're still so early on, that's okay. You can change within the first month. You can change within the first few months. 
So keep that in mind as you begin. You really just want to start experimenting with things, figuring out exactly what you do want to do before you start heading into the, okay, I've got to do this every single day for the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, don't let that get to you if you can. Yeah. All right, so that's that's one and two. We got name, we got what videos you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. My three, mm-hmm. my uh, number three. I think it's important, at least early on, to try and establish a look for your videos. Your brand and this, your brand mm-hmm. pretty much, and this can mean several things. Uh, how your channel looks to others, you know, things like your logo, your channel art, whatever. That might be the impression that people get of your channel based on what that looks like. Uh, but that could also mean how your thumbnails look. That could also mean how your videos are edited and presented. That can also mean the little touches that you add. Like, establishing a look, a sort of theme mm-hmm. to where someone can come onto your channel and be like oh hey cool video you got there and then know that that's what your ch- what your channel's about and what it does well if you can get that connection early i think that's huge i definitely agree i definitely agree you want to make sure that everything kind of screams that this is your youtube channel you know right i like what you said about thumbnails and all that kind of stuff because What's important to realize now is that when you're making YouTube channels in the current 2017 year and going onwards is that everybody can have custom thumbnails right off the bat. Thumbnails are a thing that you have to make for your videos. So and before you even start making them, you should try to figure out, you know, what font do I want to use? Do I, (laughs) you know, is this going to be a series? Well, then maybe these particular thumbnails should look similar. You know, there's it's it's a lot of kind of bringing in some graphic art skills that you may or may not have. And you, you can go about it a, di- a bunch of different ways, but I guess the most important thing before we do an episode on thumbnails or whatever is that sure. you want to find something that you can do fairly easily that still looks really nice. Sure. Sure. If you can, if you can only use paint, if that's your only way of making thumbnails, like you don't know GIMP, you don't know Photoshop, you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Well, number one, try to be learning those programs. But number two, uh, work with what you have. Yes. And be able to try to get something that's at least visually appealing. And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be perfect starting out. We've kind of mentioned this a lot, but you're sort of working your way to it. Mm-hmm. You know, my thumbnails back in the day don't look like how they do now, right? They have a similar theme, right? And they look kind of similar to each other, but it's evolved a lot. Same. It's evolved from month to month to month, you know? What was a logo for one month might change into the next one. You, you sort of figure out what your channel uh, both is, you know, what videos you do, uh, what you produce, but what it looks like to other people as well, how it visually looks, uh, how it distinguishes itself. So I think step number three, kind of establish a look for your channel. And to kind of break that down a little bit more, I'll kind of put it in like little bullet points. Mm-hmm. Uh, channel icon, channel art, thumbnails, 
And if you want to do any like little things in your videos, that's cool. Like little editing things or little visual things that mm -hmm. too. But those are the four, I think right. you can add on top of that and you can do a little bit more if you want to. Uh, but those four things are crucial, I think. And the earlier you can get it done, the better. And if you have to rely on somebody to do it for you, then that's fine. Uh, but when I started Blue Couch Productions, I didn't think I could do any of this, you know? Mm. And it was only, like, a couple of tutorials later where I'm like, oh, you can do that with this free program? Sure, I'm down. And then it was just a matter of figuring it out. And it took a couple of months, but I, I eventually was able to. Right. I guess, too, I kind of want to add on those bullet points. I think another thing is important is to have your end screen. So at the end of a video, sure. there's typically an outro on a bunch of bigger channels to where you can see their channel and then a couple of other videos that they've made. YouTube makes it super easy where you can add an end screen to the end of your video to where you can have these functions available. So you kind of have to make the like final image that the person sees at the end of the video. Now this also, it, it really does depend on what kind of videos you're making. Uh, your video might absolutely necessarily need a an intro and you might need a five second intro. Well, if you need it to introduce your series, then do it, but make sure that it's kind of, in a sense, professionally made. It's not just something you've downloaded somewhere to upload. But if you're making like a gaming channel and you're just doing Let's Plays, you don't really need an intro. You know, you can just go straight into the video. Sure, sure. And, and that's why I mentioned it after step two. Right. Is you really can't begin to define your look until you know actually what you're going to do mm -hmm. and what your name is. Right. Because your name is super important uh, for branding, and so is the kind of content you're going to do. Right? You can't start with step three and then try to do one and two afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of have to... <laughs> Agreed. You kind of have to do it after the fact. So Agreed. That's my step three. I also uh, I wanted to add on one more thing. You mentioned about like programs like Paint or GIMP or Photoshop. So sure. those that need to make their logo, that need to make their thumbnails, anything like that, what I would highly recommend that's going to make you, it will make you a better creator, maybe not in the next month, maybe not in the next year, but on like later on down the line, I would highly recommend at least getting GIMP because it's free. I didn't know this was free until recently after I had been using mm -hmm. paint for so long and then finally stepped up to paying for Photoshop, but at least get GIMP, which is entirely free. You can look up tutorials and all that kind of stuff. And if you can't afford it, don't do this unless you absolutely want to make like videos and stuff, your, your hobby for a long time, um, get Photoshop and you, there's hundreds, thousands even of tutorials on YouTube. Where you can just type in, how do I make a thumbnail? How do I make a logo? All this kind of stuff. And you can figure it out right off the bat. Because my logo, um, I had seen something on YouTube about how to turn a real picture into like a kind of a characterization type thing. And so I figured it out and then, and then made it. Um, I don't recommend buying any kind of logos from anybody online. Maybe if you have a good friend that, that dabbles in artwork graphically and can help you with that, sure. But I, I think the more that you can do early on, it's gonna be extremely beneficial later on when you're trying to do more advanced things. Sure. It, it's, it's sort of a skill uh, that'd be beneficial to pick mm -hmm. up. Sort of a trade that will help you down the road and early on as well, Agreed. depending on how quick you pick it up. 
but yeah, uh, that's we got your name, we got what you're doing. You kind of established a brand of some form or fashion. And again, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be this wondrous thing. It, as long as there's something there, right? That's that's sort of what we're getting at here is having something there. Uh, what would be four for you? For me, uh, I would start, I would say, start making the video. So start recording it. Sure. Unless you got something that you think is more important before then. The the thing I was going to go to uh, afterward was, uh, I think it's fairly important early on to have that about section. Oh out. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think it's something easy to do early on. Mm-hmm. That really, once you have it set up now, you don't have to worry about it later. Right. So what would you recommend people putting in their about section on their channel? Okay. Let me get into my little uh, tirade about the about section. A lot of people, from what I hear, Mm. uh, when I tell people to fill out their about section, they're like, oh, what's the point? Like, no one reads it. It's pointless. It it doesn't add any value. Like, why even go through the hassle of doing it? Mm. Well, your about section is uh, aside from your channel trailer the first impression that you make to everybody agreed that goes on your channel you know they see your channel trailer they see all that that's cool but if you don't have one for one or if they skip it and go to the about section your about section is sort of your first impression in written form it tells you everything about yourself it lets you know who you are what your goal is And if you have links to anything, then that's where you put it as well. You get your social medias and stuff. And here's the other thing, too, that a lot of people don't realize. You may think that the about section is unimportant or whatever. But I find that a good way to open up yourself to opportunities, things like collabs, things like uh, sponsorships or whatever, having an about section is important because your email is there. Mm -hmm. And it's easiest way for people to get to your email right like what if somebody wants to contact you and they don't want to do it through the comments or they don't want to do it through messaging well gee how am i going to figure that out if your about section is empty how am i supposed to figure that out right so having that there having things like your email having things like who you are and what you do having things like links is beneficial it keeps everything nice looking. It keeps it organized. It makes a great first impression. It opens yourself to opportunities. And for something that only takes 20 minutes to do, the amount of reward you get from it is insane. But people want to pass up the opportunity. They're like, no, no, I don't want to do it. Not, not enough it's, not a, it's a waste <laughs> of time. No, I absolutely agree. I, I think it's very important. Uh, one of the things that YouTube used to do, which I really liked back in the day, was have that messaging function, which you still can do. But it's almost hidden. Like, I know where it is, but nobody uses it at all, which really sucks because I used to rely on it. So now, you know, in order to get in contact with YouTubers, I don't know that I want to do collabs with. It's either going through a comment on a video, which if if the YouTuber is small enough, that's cool. But then if not, then it's finding their email address or going to their Twitter, going to their Facebook. And how do I get all these links? I have to go on their channel and their about page or in their description in a video of a video. So it's just important to have it in that about page because people do look. People do mm. look. I look. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the first things I look at when I see a new channel is their about section because it immediately tells me several things. How much do they care? Mm-hmm. How can I contact them? How many platforms are they at? 
when did they join how many you know like right. it tells me a lot of different things i get a lot of facts from that about section that i you know maybe couldn't learn in videos or maybe i would have to watch multiple videos to figure it out here's a good analogy i think for the about section that would uh, put it in greater understanding with people Mm. Not having an about section is like going to apply for a job without a resume. Mm, that's that's good. You can do it. It's a possible <laughs> thing to do. But why not make sure that you're in the best position possible by filling out a resume or the about section mm. and putting your best foot forward, you know, making a good impression. Anyway, as far as what to put in the about section, I've kind of already mentioned this before. Uh for the little section that tells you to fill out an email, put that there. You can make your own email account, uh, or you can use a separate one, or you can use the same one. However you want to do it, just make sure it's there. Make sure you have the country filled out. And then as far as everything else goes, links are one big part of it. Mm. So if you have any social medias, if you have any things that people want to go to, put those links in. And then the second big part of it is a little paragraph that you put right at the start that just gives a basic overview of who you are and what you do. You want it to be short, you want it to be concise, and you want to be sure that there aren't that many grammar mistakes either way, because again, this is giving the first impression of you in written form. So mine, for example, says literally this. Hi there, I'm Aiden of Blue Couch Productions. On this channel, I focus on making a variety of different content. I produce let's plays, vlogs, skits, and even streams. Be sure to check out all the links below and share this channel with a friend. Thanks for stopping by. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I gave you my name. I gave you my channel name. I gave you what I do on the channel, a little call to action to check out the links below and share it, and then said thanks. That's it. That's all I needed. But Aiden, PewDiePie yeah. has the most subscribers and his about page literally just says, I make videos. Boy. You ain't PewDiePie. <laughs> this comparison needs to stop because you're not the person himself. Agreed. He can literally do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and not be held accountable for his actions because of it. Because he's the number one YouTuber. You think you can? At the very bottom, you're out of your mind. His logo is literally a picture of Link from the 90s cartoon with a red squiggly oh square on top of it. It's godly. He has his Google Plus link as the only link you can find. <laughs> That's it. Google Plus. Google Plus, my needs. His email address, I don't even think is real. Oh, that's CDI link. Yeah, okay. This is little <laughs> Wanda Gamelon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Ugly CDI link. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's It's great. But yeah, so uh, you're, you're about, I'd, I'd add a couple of other good things you can put in your about page that are kind of optional uh, is your schedule. If you are making scheduled content, whether it's on a weekly or a daily basis, I think it's cool to let your your fans, your viewers know that. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I have that on mine. I also mentioned the fact that I will have new videos every single day and then I provide the time that it's going to be on. And then another thing that a lot of people used to do, still some people still do it, is they put little goals. So like, here's the day I reached 100 subscribers. Here's the day I reached 1,000 views. Things like that. You don't have to do this. And not a whole lot of people do this anymore. But if you're looking for something else to put in there, that could be a nice little way to show people that, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like 
you know, I'm making consistent content, but I'm also concerned about, you know, being successful at this. So here's what I've already reached. Here, here are my future goals. Sure. It's like in a, like in a resume, you list your accomplishments and your skill set. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So you're like, hey, I was able to reach 100 subs. Uh, again, I don't see too many people doing that, but it's cool when it ha- when it happens. Yeah. I like seeing people do it. Mm-hmm. I used to. Being, I used no matter. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so I used to put uh, the Let's Plays that I had finished. So back on my gaming channel, I had an entire list of all the Let's Plays I'd finished, all the Let's Plays that I was currently doing, and then just a couple that I was going to be doing in the future. Once this list became way too long to put in my About section, I, I scrapped it, but that's what I used to do. Cool. Yeah. Uh, my thing was, the point to all this was just to be like, you couldn't overdo your about section if you want to that's cool mm-hmm. the point is is that you're doing it <laughs> you know yeah. don't not do it but you know put in put in a good bit of thought put in a good bit of effort into it because again it'll pay off down the road exactly it's sort of a little seed that you're planning for later mm-hmm. uh but yeah i think with that covered I mean, you could do things like list channels, suggested channels on the side, but that really isn't necessary. I guess one of the things that kind of goes with about is making sure that you do have social media links. So, I mean, I'd say um, undoubtedly you need a Facebook, you need a Twitter, and then you need an email address that people can kind of connect with you. There's other social media that I'd suggest getting um, if you're really deep into it, but I think Twitter and Facebook are super important, and then that email address. All right. Yeah, I have a link to the Discord, a link to Facebook, mm-hmm. Patreon, email, Google+, Plus, just because why not? Right. YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, uh, multi-streaming with Restream, and then Mixer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's all the little separate links I have I agree with you wholeheartedly. The important ones, though, are that email, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. I think just starting out, you could do okay with just one of them, per mm-hmm. se. Like, just picking one yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. And then getting the other one later. I agree. Because uh, that might be, like, a little too much overloading. Uh, but getting both eventually, I think, is a good thing. Right. I definitely agree. Um. So after that, you basically have your channel set up. Uh, The only other thing I can think of is descriptions. So one of the things that YouTube allows you to do in its settings is have a default subscription that you can go ahead and put your social media links in. And you can go ahead and put thank you for watching, don't forget to subscribe, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go ahead and set that up, you can as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm not sure where it's at, but it's – I think somewhere – Somewhere in Creator Studio where you can just go ahead and have that. Mm-hmm. Or you can just get little like default descriptions or whatever. It's kind of tight. Yeah, it works. And it's it's a nice little thing to let people know that, you know, you've got your okay, stuff I've together. Go to Creator Studio and then Channel and then it says Upload Defaults. Mm-hmm. And this can do a couple of things. Uh, privacy, uh, you can set category, you can set license, you can have titles, and then the description. Cool. Is all there. So, yeah, there you go. You're all good to go. All now. right. So that's the setup for the most part of how that all stuff works. Mm-hmm. Now we kind of get... Well, actually, let's do a little recap. 
real quick, just have everything there. Number one, name. Uh, whoa. <laughs> okay. Number one, name. <laughs> Number two, what kind of videos are you making? Have that figured out. Number three, establish a visual brand for yourself. Doesn't have to be great starting out, but doing things like having channel art, doing things like having thumbnails, doing things like learning Photoshop or GIMP, or if you don't know them, uh, try with paint. Four, set up your about section. And five, I guess, is sort of an optional one, is if you want to go ahead and get real ahead of the game, do your little upload defaults. And uh, six, not optional, get yourself some social medias. Mm -hmm. uh, get yourself an email, get yourself... Uh, either or Twitter or Facebook, or if you feel confident in doing both right away, then go for it. But those are six so far. Right. Would you go ahead and tips. recommend people to get a Discord? I think it's best to do that once you have a community. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, <laughs> if you're fairly confident in yourself that you're going to have one, right? Setting it up early would save a good bit of time, right? Or just setting it up early and not having anyone there for a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. trying to build that. Right. Just making sure that it's available. I think, sure. yeah, I think it's best with anything that bigger YouTubers, quote unquote, bigger YouTubers do. I don't think it's ever too early to have those things set up as long as right. those are not your primary focuses, right? Like having some kind of merchandise thing up, as long as you're very solid with your logo, sure, go ahead and have it set up. Having a Patreon, as long as you plan on doing this for a little while, sure, go ahead and have it set up. But don't expect for people to go ahead and start getting on those things until much later. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, however much pre-planning you want to go ahead and put into this, that that's cool, right? If you want to go ahead and get a Patreon set up, if you're a gamer and you know you want to stream, having a Twitch set up is a cool mm -hmm. idea. If you want to get more community involvement early on, try to maybe doing a Discord, right? Like, the, the more of the stuff you can set up, the better. Uh, but with all that being said, we kind of come down to the final part of just making videos. Right, the most that, important thing. <laughs> the most important thing above all else. You know, you can have a crappy name, crappy channel art, no about section, <laughs> you know, barely any social medias at all. Nothing other than videos, and if you get the video part right, you can do well. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. that that's sort of the focus, really. So it's your first month on YouTube, and you just started today. You have all that stuff set up. Now you've got to make a YouTube video. Now you got to upload one. What do you think, in, in making the YouTube video, what's the most important things that you should focus on? That's the question That's a good that question. we got to answer now. <laughs> right, right. Like, what goes through your process when you're making the video? Yeah. It kind of depends on what content you're mm -hmm. doing, I believe, for the most part. It does. But I think, like, there's just a couple of overall things that sort of apply to everybody. Um, if you're speaking in the video, which you probably are, <laughs> <laughs> or you should be. Um, no text not tutorials? stumbling over your words. Yeah, text tutorials are, are long dead, or I hope they are. They're not, unfortunately. Um, People still do them. They're not engaging. I know. They're not engaging. There's no point. <laughs> it's a rant for another Anyways. day. Uh, but if you're speaking in videos, it's kind of important to have a focus going into it. Um, 
So this means doing things like either having a script or an outline and being able to deliver your point in a concise fashion mm-hmm. where you're not uhing all the time, eyeing, stopping. Stopping is a big one. People just stop. Uh, <laughs> rambling on for a good period of time or whatever. And you know what? Some people can do those things, but typically those people have to do more work later down the road in editing mm-hmm. trying to clean it up. Yeah. So it could save you a good bit of time if when you're filming your video that you're just concise to begin with. That way later on, if you're maybe not the best editor, you won't have to worry about all that because you got it right the first time. I agree. Going along with that. Yeah, that's an overall tip. If you're one of those people that are kind of shy, not outgoing, you're trying to get into the making the YouTube videos and that sounds like an impossible task. Don't harp on it too much. Again, like you said, you can edit it later on down the road. It just is nice if you're able to kind of get into that public speaking mindset because you are speaking to the public through videos, depending on what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly Mm. on that. Um, You're presenting something. Right. Uh, Whether you're presenting a game or you're presenting yourself or you're presenting a topic or whatever – you still have to present it and you still have to do your best to make sure that whatever video you're doing has some sort of flow to it, right? It doesn't jump from point to point randomly, you know? Mm -hmm. And I get with vlogs that can kind of be tough, but even vlogging, there's sort of a flow to your everyday routine, right? right? You don't... (laughs) You don't eat breakfast and then eat dinner (laughs) before lunch, right? Like, there's order in your day. In the same fashion, there should be a bit of order placed in your videos on how you go about doing things. How you go about doing a game review or how you go about doing a let's play. What am I going to accomplish in this episode? What am I going to strive for? Am I talking about a topic? Do I need to get an outline ready? Do I need to discuss points? Do I need to bring up common criticisms? Whatever it is, having that presentation concise and clear above all else, I think, helps. Um, especially if you're just starting out. Only mm-hmm. I think one thing that helps is looking at your favorite YouTube channels. And in a sense, not copying what they're doing, but emulating it. Looking at the way they present information. Look at the way they're doing comedy. Um, if it's vloggers, you know, looking at the way they edit things and the way they kind of put things in a storytelling element and figuring out how you can do somewhat the same type of energy or atmosphere in your own videos and then doing that. Right. Kind of almost taking that style and adding your own little your own little twist. Right. Things, if you will. And I think just starting out, you know, a lot of your early videos are going to be emulations of other people you're going to be inspired by most likely when you want to do youtube you've been inspired by somebody else to do youtube and so you look at their videos and you kind of figure out you know what it is that they like to you know that they're doing and how you want to do this maybe it's the same thing maybe it's different you're kind of you know taking their styles and working your own way your own originality into it you're not going to have fully original content for a while that's okay, but it's just important to make sure you're not copying people as well. Yeah, you're not just straight up ripping mm-hmm. people off. You know? Right. 
you're kind of at the very least adding some sort of spin mm-hmm. to it. You know, whether it's a good one or a bad one, whatever. Just so long as it's unique and you grow from it, then by all means, go for right. it. Um, that's important. I think another thing that helps, and this might get into a little bit of the controversial territory, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, consistency. Yeah, I think is huge. Now, for some people, consistency means daily uploads. For others, it can mean having one video come out a day a week, you know? But however you define consistency, whether it's having a schedule or whether it's just doing the one thing at the specific time, however loose or strict you want to be with the word, Mm. the point is, is that you're being consistent. And by having that consistency, it allows an audience stable ground, stable foundation to be able to watch and enjoy those videos. Right. If you're just posting random stuff at random times with no set or order to anything, then people are going to be confused. People are going to wonder, like, what's even the goal here? Right? You're just posting out whatever comes out, and we're just supposed to expect it. And, you know, that can be kind of detrimental to just starting out. Of being like, oh, I don't need an audience. I'm just going to post stuff, and then whatever sticks to the wall will stick. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, even by that philosophy, the majority of your videos aren't going to do that well. And even when one does, how would you know how to capitalize on it? Because you're not consistent. You mm-hmm. know? I'd say looking looking past the uh, the scheduling thing at first like the scheduling in terms of consistency that way you you want to make sure that like you said just posting a bunch of random videos it's not going to help you you, you want to have a consistent way that you're making videos so if you've decided today that your channel is going to be about beauty you're going to be a beauty channel then you need to make sure that all of your videos you upload for the next month are a beauty beauty related And while they don't all have to be the same format, making sure that some of them are in the same format and making sure that, you know, they all kind of have your same personality. If one day you're, you're really angry at something and you just have this video dedicated to you being, to you sounding angry while you're doing a review. And then the next day you just seem like you're the sweetest human on the earth. You're not portraying yourself as well as maybe you could have in the first place. So making sure there's that consistency in your content first off, and then making sure that consistent schedule is kind of put there later. Sure. And I get that can be hard starting out Mm. because you're trying a lot of things. You're experimenting. You're, you're trying, you're expected to do a lot of things in the first month. And we've kind of pushed that across, you know, having an about page, having social medias, having channel art, having a content, uh, knowing what content you want to do and then actually doing it and keeping it consistent on top of that. Like, holy cow, that's a lot of stuff to do. Mm -hmm. And it is, but no one's expecting you to do it perfectly that first. Right. You know, no one's expecting you to be the master of all of those things. What we're saying here is that you put an effort toward all of these things. Absolutely is that you make a visible attempt to try. And so long as you're doing that, 
you know, we, we think you're doing a good job for your first month. You know? Right. Because when it comes down to scheduling and all that kind of stuff, and even in this first month, you might not even figure out exactly what you want to do with this channel. Like I said earlier, it could very well change in the next few months. That's why you're using this time to experiment. Because guess what? When you do become big, well, if you become big slash when you do become big, that consistency is the most important. And so that's, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's nice to be in that habit early on. That way, if you, if or when you do make it to that point where you're becoming a successful YouTuber, whatever success means to you in this, in this situation, then you'll have that schedule set up. You'll have that consistency and format. People, when they go to your channel, they'll know exactly what they're expecting to see. 100%. 100% all of that. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, like like we mentioned sort of early on, we didn't do our first month straight, <laughs> you know? We're putting all these standards and expectations on you when we weren't even able to do that. So, you know, not everyone, not everyone's going to be able to get all of that done in their first month, again, unless they've kind of done this before. I have you know, my first seven videos were all music related and it was mostly piano. So. Nice. <laughs> How long did it take to get all seven? Out? It was within a month. Was within a month. month. So yeah. it was more than one there week. Yeah. But now I will say um, two of them are in a school music building. One of them is in my living room. And then the other two are in my room. I think that. And th then there's like a few of them in my room with like different atmosphere. And I use this weird overlay that my old webcam used to let me have to where it looks like I was inside of a TV. <laughs> so the consistency still wasn't there. That's, that's my point. It was all over the it place. It was still kind sure. of all over the place. Exactly. I think a, another good tip, at least for that first mm -hmm. month, um, because there's a lot uh, to do, mm -hmm. and because we've listed a lot of things, it's important to make sure that you're not adding on to that pressure as much as you can. Right. And a way to do that is to be like, you know, I really don't want to start out with 17 different shows from my first one, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I might just want to do one and one's cool. Go with one. Absolutely. Right? Or you may want to do two or three, two or three is also cool. Don't get to the point where you're in your first month and you got 18 different shows and you don't know what any of them look like or what to do with them, but you just want to throw them out, right? Like kind of, kind of plan, you know, do a little bit of, okay, what, what's an idea that I can do and how can I make that idea the best thing uh, for the channel? How can I execute on it? How can I take it and turn it into the best thing possible? Exactly. It's a lot easier to do that with one idea than it is five or six. Well, the best word you said there was execute. I mean, when it comes down to it, we all have ideas. We all have a lot of ideas. And I find myself sure. having an entire notepad document filled with you know, hundreds of ideas of things that I want to do for YouTube videos. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you try to do them all at once, speaking from experience, it doesn't work. Sure. Now, what you can do in your first month is if you're still trying to figure out exactly what kind of videos you want to make and you have a lot of different ideas, you can very well try your best 
to make 18 different types of videos, upload them, and see how they do. See if you liked making them, see what the end result looked like, see if there was any kind of views or comments or all that kind of stuff. But then continuing with all 18 of those, I would not advise <laughs> advise doing that. Right. Right. You don't want to continue with those 18 different shows and try to do all of them. Right. Ones, you know, there's, there's a difference between experimentation and then literally doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've tried to do everything be being in college. And let me just tell you, it doesn't work. You've got to figure out exactly what it is you want to be spending your time doing. Right. Just a good life lesson. Mm-hmm. The, the more you're able to sort of streamline your production process, I think that's going to help a mm-hmm. lot uh, early on of not having too much stuff to deal with on your plate, you know, not putting a lot of crazy standards on yourself from the beginning uh, can be helpful just so long as you're, you're posting, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing stuff, you're uh, continuing to make videos, you have something for people there. And if you come up with the schedule or whatever, you know, well, for one, make it fairly tame. Don't come out the gate being like, I'm going to do one video every day and each one's going to be a different thing and then not know how to do any of them. Right. And then try and fail each and every day (laughs) to get a certain thing. Like, how about if you're just starting out or whatever, being like one of two things. Option one being like, Hey, I'm new here and I do whatever video. And on every Friday at 12 p.m., you're going to get a new episode of the whatever. You could do it that way. Or if you feel like uh, you can handle it, being like, oh, hey, I'm on this channel. I do this thing. I do one video a day and it's of the same series. Mm. Right. So I think either of those two can work. But notice I didn't throw in a series a day. I didn't throw in multiple series. You know, one thing. <laughs> one thing is what you're responsible for. It's sort of like, you know, you know when you were little and you wanted a pet and your parents were like, oh, no, I don't think you're responsible enough for one yet. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I am. I could totally deal with it. So they like give you a small animal yeah, or like a guinea pig or a fish or something. <laughs> It's sort of the same thing I'm going at here. Is right, like, you don't need a dog to start off with. Start off with the goldfish. <laughs> you know, get a little guinea pig in there. Work your way up yeah. to your big aspirations and dreams. What's important now, above all else, above the ideas, above all these, all these different things that you want to do, is that you're putting something out. Mm-hmm. You're executing on something. Anything. But you're doing it, you know? And I think a good way to do that, like I mentioned before, is not putting any unnecessary stress on yourself early on, at least until you feel confident enough to the point where you're like, yes, I can do it. Right. And at that point, go for it. And I mean, it, it depends on what kind of channel you have. It really does. Really does. Because if you're a gaming channel, it's super easy for you to make a Let's Play episode every single day for the next month. You could get that entire recording done in a weekend. Because if you're a gamer... You played that. You played that much games. You know, you played that many games in the first place. So it's super easy to do that. But then, if you're trying to do something like a, I don't know, some kind of highly produced series, like a skit or even certain tutorials or whatever it is, it might take you a couple of weeks to get a video like that done. So what I would suggest is 
start off making vlogs. I'd highly suggest start off making vlogs. Let's say you want to make the next video that's similar to game theory. You, you, you're trying to make a MatPat game theory video, but it's got something to do with something else. You know, those are just very high produ- highly produced series. So what you do is you make a vlog every single day talking about what your plan is, talking about how you're going to go about it, showing some of the processes of doing it, showing some of your everyday life, actively working towards that series idea and making it, you know, actually executing it. And then in two weeks or a month, you've got that big video and then you've done it. And then within that month, you've kind of learned how to make that video. And now making the second one is going to be a lot easier and the third one even easier. So things like that. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing we should mention is that your first couple of videos, if you're like, have no knowledge whatsoever, are going to be number one, really hard to make. And two, are probably going to be really bad. Uh (laughs) Yeah. But the goal is that by video number two, one, it should be less hard to make because you've done it Mm -hmm. once. Right. And two, maybe you've catched a couple of things with your first video and then you want to improve on them. So you slightly improve on it. And then by video three, the same thing. Video four, the same thing. A month down the road, same thing. Right? So at the beginning, what becomes this hard, painful, awkward process ends up sort of turning into a machine. A well-oiled machine of really good production. Uh but also really good videos mm-hmm. as well. But it takes a while to get to that. It takes a while to get from painful, awkward, <laughs> really hard to make one video a day or one video a week rather to really well-produced, really nice looking videos, you know, consistently right. at least. It, it's a tough process. It is. It's very tough. I, I said now, you know, I said just a few minutes ago that it's very easy to make Let's Plays every single day. And at first it's going to seem like I'm crazy by saying that. But once you start learning about the editing software you got to use or learning about the recording process or whatever it is, it does become easier to make videos. Now, you might be like me and have even bigger ideas that you want to do later on down the road. And those are going to be harder at first. But then once again, you know, you just keep making it. I think the the key here is to just start uploading. Just start uploading and continue to upload. That's very important. Exactly. Mm. Get a wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, also, a little bonus thing mm-hmm. you can do is once you start having videos of a certain series come out, um, it's never too early to start putting that stuff in playlists. No, it's not. Yeah. You know? Not at all. It's never too early to start sharing those videos with other people. It's never too early to start promoting yourself and getting yourself. Uh, acquainted with others who might be able to help you right don't feel like this first month is like you're put on a stranded island and you can only (laughs) survive based off what you have (laughs) you know there there are other people out there you know you live in a magical technology filled world where things like discord and skype exist and forums exist and other places exist um you don't have to go it alone you know there are people out there who are willing to not only watch your videos, but if you're looking for help, they're willing to help as well. Right. And what's so great about today's age, it being 2017, almost 2018, more than likely 
you're listening to this, especially if you're like a teenager, you've got a Facebook and you've already got a Twitter. Like you use these things every single day. Maybe you have a Snapchat or Instagram. You use them every single day. There's no reason why you can't just post your YouTube video there and be like, hey guys, I made this thing. Would you please check it out? You know, messaging some of your close friends, talking to your family, you know, doing these types of things, depending on what kind of videos they are, not just spamming them to everybody, but asking nicely, being like, hey, I made this video. Can you please check it out? Let me know what you think about it. Sure. And I I know I'm going to get a response to being like, well, I don't really want to share my 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 first couple of videos because they're Mm -hmm. bad. And you know, all right, fair point. Maybe you don't feel like you're proud of it and you want to get to a point where you have really good videos to share Mm -hmm. with people. But on the other hand, think about it this way. YouTube is a big platform for sure. uh, But simply by making a video, you're already in a lucky situation. You know, you're already part of like a 1% club of people who actually make videos and post them on a site, Mm -hmm. you know? What's crappy to you, what a bad video is to you, could be incredible to someone who's never made a video before, or maybe who doesn't watch a lot of YouTube, or maybe is only ever on Facebook or Twitter, you know, or friends of yours that maybe don't go online that much. Right. You might think they're bad, but to others, they could be incredible. And here's the thing. Even if you share them with people and they tell you it's bad... And you're like, oh, wow, what was the point of all that? When you get better, those same people are going to be back. And they're going to see the improvement. And they're going to see that you've been working toward it. And they're going to get invested as a result Mm -hmm. of it. So suddenly, you have a group of people following you over pretty bad videos, arguably. Mm -hmm. But once you start to get better, you know, those people are still going to stick with you. And that's just great. That that already starts a community. That already starts a connection. You know? And it's okay to feel ashamed. It's okay to feel like what you're doing isn't incredible yet. Or that it's not to the levels of PewDiePie or Markiplier or whatever. Uh, but you'll get there one day if you keep doing mm-hmm. it. You know, everybody has to start somewhere. Everybody has to start with that first bad video. That's true. But the thing is, is you have the opportunity to be like, Hey, let me get this bad video in front of as many eyes as possible and learn from it. Let me get this bad video in front of people to where people will tell me, hey, you need to work on your audio quality, or hey, you need to work on your editing, or hey, you need to work on your thumbnail. Getting that valuable advice early on is going to make your second video way better than if you had just simply been like, oh yeah, my first video sucks, and then try to make a better one. You know, you won't know what to fix. Getting your video in front of as many people as possible, even early on, uh, has benefits, I think. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and it just helps people start realizing, hey, this guy's making videos. That's kind of cool. Like even you're like, if you're in high school or middle school, your friends or even your college friends, you know, they they go on Facebook and they say, oh, my one of my best friends is making videos on YouTube. What's this all about? Let me go check it out. And then there you go. There's a view. And whether they like it or love it or dislike it or whatever, you get to find out about that. And they'll talk to you about it. And then all of a sudden you know, this whole YouTube thing has become part of your life now. Sure. So it's, it's kind of cool, you know? Right. Yeah. But yeah, share your stuff, put your things in playlists, start organizing, start future proofing if you can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Try to look a little bit past month. Number one, 
maybe you can't look that far. Maybe you can only look to month two or three. You know, some of you can look forward mm-hmm. to a year if you're able to do that. Where do you want to be in that year? Where do you want to be by next month? Where do you want to be by next week? Even have those goals, have those things to work toward, you know, have that be mm-hmm. the thing pushing you to where you want to be. Be like in two weeks, I'm going to make one uh, video that was better than last week's, you know, or in a couple right. of weeks, I'm going to get 10 people to watch one of my videos or in a couple of days, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to get my first comment and I'm going to respond to it, you know? Like set up your little your little mini goals, break down big tasks, put them into small manageable chunks. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, YouTube is work. Sure. It really is. But make sure you're enjoying it too. That first month is is a very pivotal part in figuring out whether or not you're actually going to enjoy this as a hobby. Sure. Because it's not, you know, it's not a business endeavor at this point. It's not something that you're really going to actually make money from. You're not going to be famous from it at this point. It's just kind of that that foot in the door. So make sure you're enjoying it. Like we're talking about all these things that you kind of have to do to be quote unquote successful, you know, or to survive during your first month. One of the biggest things is to check on your personal self, check on your health, check on like the things you're doing and find out whether or not this is something you want to be a part of your life. Because maybe you find out after uploading a month's worth of videos that, hey, this was too much hard work. This is something I really don't want to do. Or this was kind of lonely. I just sat in my bedroom a lot recording and editing. And, you know, I I don't want to go spend more time with my friends or whatever it is. And maybe you can, you know, fix your own upload schedule or fix certain things about it to make it suit yourself even more so that it is just your hobby. But in the end of the day, make sure it's something you really do enjoy doing. Absolutely. And if you end up quitting after a month, that's still a valuable experience. Oh, yeah. Those are still skills that you can use at a later date. And the biggest thing, kind of like what we talked about last episode, is you won't have to live with the regret anymore of wondering what would have happened if you had tried. You know? You made an attempt. You tried for a month. You put yourself to the test. And you know what? If you don't like it at the end of the day, perfectly fine. You at least tried. You at least know, right? You're not questioning anymore. And I think that's a valuable experience for people to have of being like, if they want to do it, cool, continue. But if you don't, mm-hmm. that's that's fine as well. It's fine as well. Now, with that being said, the other side of it is after a month, you uploaded videos, you've done the things that we're talked about, you're going to do more of the things that we're going to continue talking about. But the numbers are very small. You only have 20 subscribers. You have like two views on every video. Um you know, whatever the reasons may be, sure, whatever. If you still enjoy doing it, keep doing it. Don't quit after the first month. Exactly. That's that's another important thing. So, right, like if you don't enjoy doing it, sure, you quit after the first month, that's fine. It's something that you just don't want to do. But if it's something you still enjoy doing it, but those numbers kind of discourage you and you really haven't become successful at all during that first month, that doesn't mean you should quit. It means you should just keep going because this is the climate of YouTube. This is what happens. Sure. I think the, the biggest roadblock in your first month of YouTube is yourself, really. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's do you want to do these things we talked about? Do you want to put that work in? Do you want to make videos? Do you even enjoy them? You know, 
all these things. Uh, and oftentimes you can be your own worst enemy with it. You can be your own worst critic. You can be the one hating every video you put out for a couple of weeks, you know, and you can drag yourself through it and be like, oh, what's the point? You know, this is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Why do I want to do it? And if you don't, then don't. But if it's something you want to get good at, if it's something that you want to turn into something uh, financially gainful or not, or you just want it to be a fun hobby, then continue working for it, you know? Continue <clears throat> trying it out and adjust things uh, to suit them in your favor, you know? Definitely. All right. Well, what we're listing here, the stuff we've been listing is kind of like what we would like to see in an ideal first month. Like in an mm -hmm. ideal scenario, you would want your entire about section filled. You would want a Twitter and a Facebook. You would want links. You would want all your stuff in playlist. You would want a really good channel icon, really good art. You would want a video every single day. You would want to market them to all of that and do all and do everything. And you want to continue growing almost every single day until you're at the month and you got a big fan base. And then you just simply grow off the fan base. That doesn't happen, you know? <laughs> we're, we're in no way ex expecting hmm. people to legitimately go through all of that. But, right. but what we are expecting is for you to try and fill out your about section. We're expecting you to try to get some social medias to try to build a community. We're expecting you to try putting things into playlists. Try sharing a couple of videos. Try getting better at your craft. Try seeing what you enjoy about YouTube and what continues making you go, you know? Try figuring out your mm -hmm. style. Try figuring out your thumbnails. Try figuring out what you want to say in each video and what keeps you pushing forward, you know? Mm -hmm. And so long as, so long as you're trying, dude, we're, we're cool with you. <laughs> we're cool, absolutely. And we have no ill will whatsoever <laughs> if you're putting forth Oh, 100% agreed. What's so great about this podcast is that we're able to tell you these things because these are things that we wished we knew during our first month. Sure. Sure. <laughs> like our very first month on YouTube. I, I don't know about Aiden, but I didn't know any of this. I don't. I didn't. I didn't back then. Yeah. It's one of those things you just kind of jump into if you're inspired and you're not looking at any research. But if you're listening to this podcast because you want to know something about making a YouTube channel and videos and stuff. What's so great about today's age is that you can easily learn everything you need to know about making a successful YouTube channel in the first month. Right. And then you can work towards executing that in that first month and the few months coming after it in the first year and so so on and so forth. Yeah, that that's why we're offering this advice is for the people who want to know, the people who want the extra information, the people who want to know what the ideal situation would look like and all these certain things. And you know, it can be tough to execute on all of it, but we're kind of just sort of giving you an outline. We're giving mm. you a blank sheet of paper. Ultimately, it's your job to fill it in, you know? We're telling right. you what the guidelines are, what the sandbox is, you know, what the rule mm -hmm. set. You do whatever you want in that sandbox, fam. You write whatever you want in that <laughs> sheet of paper. You do you. You know? Yeah. Uh, we... And our perspective is that we're trying to help you, you know? We're trying to mm -hmm. give you advice that we didn't have. We're trying to put you in a better uh, better scenario than what we had starting out, you know? Right. We're trying to make sure for those like, who are super serious. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we're kind of like teachers, you know? We're, we're, you know, teaching this kind of stuff. 
but we're also like that big brother that's just kind of giving you advice and that mentor that's showing you like the ropes and the way they became successful or are trying to become successful. At the end of the day, though, the only way you actually fell is if you don't try. Right. If you don't it's the take only a way swing. you fell. <laughs> right. If you don't put yourself in the ring at all. <laughs> right. You know? Exactly. No, exactly. And maybe you're um, able to accomplish one of these things. And you know what? That's a success. You know? Maybe you're not going to be able to accomplish any of them. But you've put a you've put work into all of them, right? You put work into every last little thing. I mean, you may not have everything perfect yet, or even anything really, but that effort will pay off eventually. You know, mm-hmm. those seeds will sprout and grow. But you got to put the seeds in the ground, or ain't nothing coming. Up. <laughs> you know, you can't expect the tree to grow without a little bit of work put into it. You know, those metaphors. You're just on them today. I man. am. This is a metaphor episode. <laughs> You can't expect them yes. crops if you ain't willing to plant. Boy. <laughs> you gotta sow your seed. Sow that seed. By doing that, you just donate $100 to the church this yeah. week. The church is my Patreon. No, I'm just kidding. Send us your seed. <laughs> <laughs> Send us your seed. That's what we're saying. Oh, man. Give me money. <laughs> yeah, Um. I kind of wanted to... There was one other thing I think we could have talked about in terms of the first month. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we kind of hinted at it. So we said something about thumbnails sure. and then, you know, you, you upload your video and you want people to start seeing it. So you share it with people, but there's another way for people to find your videos and that's through the search engine. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. actually. Yeah. So basically in, on the internet, when you go to Google and you type in something, what Google does is it goes through this algorithm and they find based off of the creators that's made these websites or these videos or whatever, they're finding the most optimized stuff that you're looking for and they shoot it to you. And for the most part, they're typically right on exactly what you're looking for. You know, if I go into YouTube and I type in game theory, then that channel is going to be one of the first things that pops up and all of their videos are going to pop up. So boom, done. Got it. Mm -hmm. If I type in how to survive on your first month on YouTube, because there's no other video titled that, this video should pop up. Hopefully. Now, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. I can't see the future yet. Hopefully. But it should pop up, hopefully. So in order to make sure you're doing this right, we use what's called search engine optimization. Big fancy word. Uh, a little bit lesser fancy as SEO. Um, a lot of bigger YouTubers don't do this because it wasn't important when they first started out or you know they've already made the numbers to where, where their stuff is going to pop up the first time you search it. What helps us smaller YouTubers is by doing just a couple of small things. Number one, it's making sure your title is really, really good. So if you're a, if you're a uh, fitness channel and your very first video is how to run a marathon, then your title of your video should probably be how to run a marathon or something along those those lines, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you're a gaming channel, it's a Let's Play. You can put Let's Play The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time Part 1, insert some fancy title here. The, the, the important thing is to realize that you want your title to kind of come up under your search, under the search engine, but it needs to be it needs to basically say what your video is. Sure. On a simple exactly. point. Right. If you have something like 
funny gaming moment XD LOL heart. It's not going to come up. <laughs> and no, nobody's going to search for that. Nobody wants to necessarily see that. No matter how good your video is, if that title isn't good, you know, people aren't necessarily going to find it. Mm -hmm. And then after you've got your title down, then it's about all about your description, right? You want to make sure in your description, you're describing what that video is. It's the whole point of the description. Um, now we, we mentioned earlier, like this is a good place to put your links to your social media for you to say, thank you for watching. Please like comment or subscribe or like comment and subscribe. But it's also the place you should be putting you know, going back to that how to run a marathon video, you should be like, this is the video that tells you step by step how to run a marathon. And then you can even put a little bit of a transcription of what your video was. You know, you can put your exact script down there if you really want to. Um, or you can just put a little bit of uh, bullet points as to what you're going to be talking about through that video. Agreed. You want to talk about stuff I didn't know the first month. Anything SEO related, I was absolutely clueless on. Oh, yeah. No, that's why I'm kind of bringing it up because a lot of people don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And even I didn't get heavy into SEO until nine, ten months ago. So, I, you know, I've been doing this for six years now. We're talking about the fifth, the end of the fifth and the beginning of the sixth year. I'm just now like kind of, you know, going into this kind of stuff. Um, but what's, what's great is it's easy to learn at first. Like at first, well, at first it kind of seems like it's a bunch of stuff that you don't know anything about. And when you type in how to do SEO, make sure you are looking for things related to YouTube videos because SEO is this entire world that has to do with making websites and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that shit's complicated. <laughs> I'll tell you from experience. Right, right, right. Yeah, definitely. That, that is a complicated field to get into. And not fun. No, no, not at all. There's books about it. I'm sure. Um, but in terms of basic YouTube SEO, what you really should know is making sure you have that title down, making sure you have the description, having a good thumbnail. And then last but not least is your tags. Exactly. Tags. Oh, boy. Tags, <laughs> tags are like the end of this little mm -hmm. top of the chair here. Basically... They're words that you put at the bottom of your video to sort of uh, distinguish it. So, mm -hmm. for example, if I have a video uh, titled "Top Ten uh, Top Ten Tigers in the Zoo" or whatever, just a random yeah. example. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, as far as the tags are concerned, uh, probably you know you would want to have a couple of words relating to it, like "zoo" or "tiger" or top 10 and then you can start to get to the point where you're like okay maybe people will search up one word but maybe they'll also search up multiple ones so then you do uh, tags like tiger in the zoo right now you have like three word tags or top mm -hmm. 10 tigers or whatever and then you can get to the point where you're like all right what are some words in the description what are some words i mentioned in the video you know have those be tags and the process is a lot more complicated than that. I'm kind of dumbing it down a little bit here. Uh, right. But it goes further and further, however deep you want to get into it. The key here is to find words or phrases that people would actually search for. Sure. So, and that's like a pretty dumb said, title as well. So I don't know who would search for right. my title at all. <laughs> 
But okay, but like you said, top ten tigers in the zoo. <laughs> if that's your if that's your title, well then, you know, <laughs> let's think of somebody that's doing a research project for their fourth grade science class. Mm-hmm. They're talking about tigers in the zoo. They'll they're going to be typing in tigers in the zoo on Google, or maybe maybe they're on YouTube, and you would want your video to be shown up first because you're talking about tigers in the zoo. So, you know, there's things like. You know, there's things like that that will be really helpful. Um, going back to how to run a marathon, you know, how to run a marathon is a very searchable phrase. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you want to be like, how to run for 30 minutes without stopping. Or just, just you know, what kind of gear should I use to run a marathon? Like things like that. You, you really want to think almost outside of the box about things that you know people would search and there's many different programs on you on google and stuff that you can find that'll help you kind of figure out tags for certain videos but at the end of the day just think about searchable phrases and then you can put that down in your tags agreed agreed wholeheartedly and again that took me way more than a month to properly (laughs) digest that was that was me going out of my way to look up research to be like, why aren't my videos doing well or whatever? Why am I not getting enough views? And typically that's why is because there were no tags or right. the tags I had were awful. They weren't good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's important. And if you can, if you can learn that early on, holy <laughs> heck are you at an advantage? Uh, yeah. you, you already have a jump. On a good number of people, I think. It's still hard. It's still hard starting off. So I'll go ahead and give a little brief example. I did some re-uploads on my new channel recently. There were videos that were uploaded on a completely different channel with more subscribers. So my original channel video, I had all these tags and I actually was doing pretty well with some of them. Some of them I was ranking, which means that when I typed in like Final Destination 2 movie review in YouTube, my video showed up one on like the first page. Maybe it was the first or maybe it was the fifth thing, but it showed up on the first page, which means that your tags are pretty good in that regards. But then when I uploaded it to my newest channel, some of those tags didn't do as well just because it's a newer channel, it's less subscribers, different things like that. So it's also important to realize that you're not necessarily going to be ranking in all of these tags but some of them are still still could bring you a few more viewers here and there exactly and one of the tags that i didn't mention uh is you could also have your channel name in there as well yeah yeah absolutely so that when people search your channel it'll pop up so if my mm-hmm. only video is top 10 tigers in the zoo or whatever you may not remember the title but you remember my channel so you just type in blue couch productions and oh look it's the video because i i went ahead and had all my videos include Blue Catch Productions as part of the tags, so it shows up. And there are a yeah. bunch of other uh, tools that you can use to help yourself out with that. Um, but yeah, you sort of get the idea. Right. Cool. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that we might have missed. Oh, community community interaction. Yeah, I mean, we could do that, but I don't know, like, how much you're getting in that first month. <laughs> true, true. So let's 
let's imagine that you made a video, you uploaded it to your new channel, you shared it with your friends on Facebook, and your mom watched it and left a comment. Okay. So just imagine that. So your YouTube video just got one comment. What this means is that this video has automatically got more community interaction than any video with zero comments. Now, let's say you want to do even better. In what way could you get another comment? Well, you could share it with more people. Maybe your dad will comment on it. Or because your mom just commented on it, you can leave a reply. And now your video has two comments. Boom. Wow. You're already ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, but in all seriousness, <laughs> <laughs> whenever somebody leaves a comment, unless it's a spam bot, which happens quite regularly, actually, um, and you'll start to realize what comments are spam and which ones are actually real people. But once people start commenting on your videos, you're going to want to make sure that you you like it. Unless it's a bad comment, maybe you'll dislike it. You can now leave a heart on that comment if it was especially great. Mm-hmm. And you can reply to it. And it, I would suggest replying to all of your comments in whatever way you can. Exactly. Yeah, just, again, you don't have to leave the best responses in the world. Just so long as right. people are seeing that you're engaging with what little comments you have, um, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. And it doesn't take that much time either. You know, it doesn't take that much time out of your day to appreciate um, what people did. You know, these people went out of their way to go ahead and comment on your video. That's a whole lot more work than it takes for you just to respond to it. You know, like they did (laughs) more work on their end. So at the very least, what you could do is just be nice and sort of um, pay them back in a way by giving them a good comment. Yeah, I have some regular viewers that will leave a comment every once in a while. be like, LOL or ha ha mm-hmm. or just, you know, something very short. And if they leave that, I'm just say, thanks. Thanks for watching. I'm glad you liked it or something like that. Well, it just lets them know that you did read their comment. Agreed. But yeah, and that'll look good in YouTube or in the YouTube algorithm as well. The more interactions you have the better off your videos are going to do in search and just in general. Plus it lets you know you're doing the right thing. You know, if you're, if you have people that are actually leaving comments, that means your video is worth watching unless it was bad comments and they're just like, you suck, go kill yourself. Well, then that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's a different (laughs) whole brand of uh, community management and the such. Yeah. Oh Yeah. But I think that might be everything, at least for your first month. Uh, yeah. I went through the trouble of making a little uh, list of everything we brought up so far. Okay. So unless you have anything else, I'm going to go ahead and read through this list and kind of give everybody what we've talked about in like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, let's hear that recap. All right. <laughs> the recap podcast. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> We're going to recap what you just heard. All right. <laughs> How to survive your first month on YouTube, the Aiden and Zach Ooh. edition. All right. <laughs> Step one, get that name. Simple and clean. That's all you need. Make sure it's different from what everybody else is doing. Number two, yes. figuring out what kind of videos you're going to make. Either establish a niche or establish an interest and then work from there. Step three, establish a brand. This means things like doing your channel art, your channel icon, in screen, edits, thumbnails, and anything else that I might have forgot to mention. 
Step four, fill out your about section. Your about section is a written first impression of yourself. So filling it out leaves yourself open to many great opportunities. Take the time and do it. Step five, get yourself an email and social medias. Email is great in case people want to contact you without having to do it through YouTube. And social medias are also cool because we didn't really talk about it, but they're good for building a community and uh, responding to fans. And a lot of you probably already have a social media, but in case you don't, I'm mentioning it here. Step six, set up some defaults for descriptions and such and any other little minute settings you want to change in YouTube. Now would be the time to do it. Check that stuff out. Things like watermarks, defaults, uh, you know, like categories, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Step seven, now we kind of get into like just some tips that can work for almost every month. Uh, so we're going to see a little bit of a shift here. Step seven, research is huge. Take the time to look things up, whether you're looking up uh, titles, whether you're looking up categories, ideas, whatever. Researching goes a long way. Step eight, if you can, plan for the future. What are you going to try to do the month afterward? What are you going to try to do a week afterward, a year, whatever? If you can do that, try to plan for the future. Try to set some goals. Number nine, this one's the most basic and the most important. Make videos. Just <laughs> just make videos. That, that's a thing. Number, Just do it. Number 10, be consistent. Number 11, this might seem contradictory, experiment if need be. Now, what I mean by this is stay consistent with the series that you have, but if you're just starting out and you don't know what you want to do, it's okay to experiment. That's what I mean by that. Um, they're both fine early on. Number 12, don't add stress to yourself uh, by doing too many things at once. Keep it simple. Step 13, share your videos and use playlists. Your videos might be bad, but people don't care. Share them with people. Build an audience. Use playlists. Keep everything nice and categorized. Step 14, check in with yourself. You are the biggest roadblock to your first month of YouTube, and the more you're in tune with yourself and your mental state, the better. Plus, you know, that's just kind of a life tip in general, so. <laughs> hmm. Number 15, Know what SEO and tags are. SEO is search engine optimization, and tags are words that you add to the bottom of your video so that YouTube uh, can find it. And this will help your video get seen by more people. Learning about it early kind of sets you up good for the future. And last but not least, step 16, interaction and engagement is tight. If you have comments, respond to them. This goes a long way in help building your community and also shows that you care when people comment. Did I forget about anything? No, that sounds great. Those are our 16 little steps. You don't have to do them all perfectly. steps to survive your first month on YouTube. You don't have to do them perfectly, you but you got to try. That's our, that's our one requirement. Agreed. But yeah, there you go. Yeah. We nailed it. You know, what's, that, what's that quote that Yoda says? Something about uh, there is no try, only do. You know? Hold on, I'm going to get... <laughs> What's, that, what's that quote exactly? I can't even think of it particularly. I'm not a real fan. You're not a real try? Okay, here it is. Do or do not, there is no try. That's what it is, yeah. yeah. So. Do it know. or don't. There is no try. No. Make that effort. Exactly. You just got to make the effort. Cool. So, there you go. And as we said... This is to survive your first month. This doesn't necessarily mean you're going to thrive. This doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful. It's just a matter of doing your best to make sure this first, first month has content on your YouTube channel and that you're presenting yourself in a, I guess, semi-professional manner, depending on what you're doing. 
yeah. Um, you know, no matter how stupid your videos are, how comedic they are, whatever, there's still that professional side. You want to you want to make sure, like we said, you have all those kind of basic things taken out, you know, done out of the way. And if we missed anything, let us know in the comments below because we might. Yeah, have please do. Things. Please do. But I think Speaking we got comments. Speaking of comments, holy crap, that was just a great segue. Baller segue. Man, we're just killing it today. (laughs) So speaking of comments, we have a couple of comments from last episode. So we have, (laughs) let's see here. We have Sino Green. Sino Green. Sino Green. Yeah. My bad. (laughs) My beep. There's two ends. Not one end, two ends. Um, so the important comments that he said were it was he quoted shouldn't go out and buy too much stuff, which is something that Aiden said. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and he definitely agreed. In fact, he sent me a message, sent me a PM. Ooh. The DM, yeah. He said something about that and he said, I would always say start a channel, but just don't expect money. And I thought that these are two very important things that he kind of brings up here is that number one, you know. You shouldn't go out and buy stuff for your channel. If you can get cheap equipment, cool. But most likely, you already have everything you need on your computer or your phone. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. Right. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. We didn't even mention mm. equipment in our little deal. Mm-mm, not today, no. We Mm-mm. didn't tell you to go buy a webcam. We didn't tell you to go buy a mic. We were under the impression we are assuming that you have some form of fashion to record and make videos and that if you do, you Mm -hmm. should just do them. (laughs) Right. So for those wondering why we didn't mention it, that's why. (laughs) Same thing with software, right? Like there's, there's plenty enough free software out there that is so much better than the free software that I had available five years ago. Exactly. Let me just tell you because (laughs) OBS was not around five years ago. Mm -hmm. It is now. Audacity was not around. I don't think it was five years ago. Now it is. So GIMP, even GIMP wasn't available back then. And I was using paint for my thumbnails when I could actually make custom thumbnails. So there's so much free stuff that you can use now that it's, it's great. And if you didn't know any names, he just listed them there. OBS is Mm -hmm. cool for recording and streaming. Audacity is there to record audio. GIMP and paint can be used to make thumbnails or really graphic anything. As far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, and if you want free editing, this just Windows Movie Maker. Or if you want to go the illegal route, well, YouTube is there for mm. you. <laughs> there you go. You, you go do that on your own accord. Yeah. Um, he also commented, Aiden's streams gave me good friends. I had friends before, but now I have more. Community. Commu- yeah. Community is tight. <laughs> so great. Yeah. And it's one of those things where when you first start out... You're not necessarily going to have that community, but what's nice is maybe you're involved in another community and you have friends in there and those friends watch things on YouTube. You know, for a fact they do. Mm-hmm. Well, now you just started your own channel. You just started making videos. Why can't you go up to those friends and be like, Hey, I just started doing this thing. Would you please check it out? Exactly. So, and this was sort of a point for all that he was, uh, I think the reason you said that is because we brought out, uh, in the last podcast that we were two different people when we started YouTube and because mm-hmm. of doing this, we were able to grow. Um, I think what Sino's mentioning here is that like even viewers grow because of your channel. 
of being like right. they were someone completely different until they got involved in this YouTube community until they met people like that. So it's kind of cool that it goes both ways sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. But great comments so, from Sinnoh all around. Oh, absolutely. And then the next comment from the patient, do you want me to read it or do you want to? I can read it. I have it pulled up. Okay. All right. So the patient always leaves paragraph comments on all of my videos. <laughs> and she decided that it would have to be the same tradition uh, here. So I'll go ahead and read it as quickly as possible. Um, mm-hmm. First thing, I did notice that Ian's audio was echoing throughout the video. It should be better this time. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounded like it was being picked up by another mic or another headset. <laughs> Not too sure. <laughs> As for your question slash challenge toward the end of the video, I do absolutely want to do YouTube. I was come up with, coming up with excuses like time, like space, like having a potato laptop and nothing else. And I found ways to work around that. Congrats. Uh, mm-hmm. However, one thing I found to be a constant wall is health. I do have certain mental health problems and certain things I want and arguably need to deal with before I consider starting. I need to go through the treatment and improve my state of mind before I start adding another hobby or side project onto my plate. And especially something that can get as stressful as constantly uploading videos to YouTube. And because of how packed the NHS is and how high in demand the certain treatment I need, I do not know when I will actually receive said treatment. It could be weeks, months, and possibly years. And even then, I don't know how far into the treatment it will be before I can start. Before I'm in the right mind Before I'm in the right state of mind to start this, I do really want to do this. Cough. Totally wasn't convinced by Andrew's act. Cough. (laughs) But there are certain health issues slowing me down. That was the comment. Yeah. It's a paragraph. It is. Of information. So, I think what's great to pull out of that comment, first and foremost, Mm -hmm. is that the patient realized there were kind of these excuses that they were making. Sure. And now, you know she's kind of found a way to get a real good around those excuses, except for this entire thing with health, which I understand completely. Right. Yeah. Like that, as far as excuses go, that's a pretty good one. I think, Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I guess in terms of health for me, um, some of you guys may or may not know, I deal with constant migraines and headaches. I have a migraine almost once a week, sometimes more. I have headaches every single day. It's just kind of this thing that I have to deal with. And it sucks and it can hinder my production process when making videos. If I have a migraine that day, I can't really do anything. I can't go to class. I can't do my schoolwork. I can't go to work. And it also means I can't make videos that day. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Health can definitely get in the way. I guess one thing to keep in mind, especially when starting out, is that, you know, kind of have these expectations of if something happens with my mental health or if something happens with my health, then make sure you know it's okay if you weren't able to get anything done that day Mm -hmm. or during that time where you're trying to deal with that. Sure. Don't let it be something that stresses you out rather than be a stress reliever which is what YouTube has always really been for me. Exactly. And yeah. And then b- besides that, just, you know, when you're able to, when you're in that healthy state of mind, get ahead as much as you can, you know, work as much as you can during that time on the videos that you need to get out or the videos you want to get out that way. When you inevitably have this kind of period of time where you're not able to get anything done, 
you're able to kind of relax and do what you have to do for your own health. Sure. Sure. And I, and I know a lot of times, uh, with ongoing things like this is that some days you do feel better than others. Right. And for some people, those would be good enough days to make a video like that. You know, Mm -hmm. can you do it consistently? Probably not. Um, because you can't predict how you're going to (laughs) feel, you know? Right. It's one thing that we can't really, uh, get a get a grasp on but there are going to be some days where you feel okay and i think those days you can do something uh if it's not making videos it's either preparing for it or getting things set up ahead of time or like zach said just being ready um for that sort of stuff but yeah as far as as far as what she's going through it's it's totally reasonable uh why Mm. wait it off a little bit you know yeah I'd, i'd also like to say there's always somebody that's going to have it worse off than you that are making better situations out of it. Sure. So I, I can't remember his name exactly, but there's one YouTuber that makes videos every single day, but he has a really bad stuttering problem. Like it's a medically like medical problem where he, he stutters so much, but he still makes videos and he just deals with it. And it's just part of his personality and he doesn't let it stop him. Right. Um, and then even more so, um, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've seen him before, but there's a guy named <clears throat> Ricky Berwick. Oh, I've seen him And before. you've seen him before. And he has a condition called Bill's Hecht syndrome. Um, it's got to basically deal with, um, the way that he moves. So he has very little movement in his arms, his legs and his fingers, um, he, it also makes him very skinny and much smaller. And there's there's just kind of a lot of things that really kind of hinder him health-wise. Things where he has to have somebody that takes care of him. Um, it's it's very similar to polio, but it's, you know, it's a little different. So it's, you know, it's, it's tough on him to make videos and stuff like that. But not only does he make videos, he's also on Twitter, memeing it up over there <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Um And when it comes to, I think, any kind of situation you have health-wise, I think you just make videos talking about that, too. Sure. Yeah. Bring some awareness. Here's the thing. Like, mental and physical health issues are a hindrance to your body, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hindrance to your brain, your stomach, whatever. What they're not a hindrance to is what you're able to do creatively, I think. Because if you want to do something, if you want to make photos, if you want to make videos, if you want to do whatever, you know, then you shouldn't let things like that get in the way of that. And to be fair, I'm not saying don't ignore, you know, don't ignore physical disabilities, don't ignore mental health. Absolutely not. Be on top of that. But at the same time, you shouldn't let something like that control every waking second of your life. That's what I'm getting at here. Is give it the time of day. Give it the time that it deserves. But if you want to do something creatively or whatever, you should still be able to do that, you know? Right. Yeah. Like you said, or whatever, like it doesn't matter whatever whatever it is you want to do in your life that makes you successful, Mm -hmm. that gives you a happy life, you know, let like 
give those medical issues the time of day where you need to take care of them, mm-hmm. but don't let it absorb your life because exactly. you're more than that diagnosis and that disability. You're right. a human being with, you know, thoughts and feelings and, you know, things you want to do and aspirations and, you know, to try not to get super motivational here. I mean, you kind of, kind of have to be motivational here. You just let that be a thing that is a part of you, but not isn't entirely you because you're so much more than that. Work with it rather than against it. Agreed. Work with your disabilities, work with your mental issues, your physical issues, mm-hmm. whatever work with it. Don't let it, <laughs> don't work against it. You know, don't fight it. Don't let it right. take over you, you know? Mm-hmm. Sort just of. Man. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, I'm just thinking like, like my life as a YouTube creator and as a person in general would be so much better if I you know, was able to have the appropriate amount of energy that I need. If I was able to feel actually well after getting sleep, um, if I didn't have migraines or headaches, like my life would be so much better, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of a thing that I have to deal with. Right. And uh, I, I was talking to my brother uh, a couple months ago. He had some issues going on with his life. I won't get too too deep into those, you know, those, uh, the topic and stuff, but he has diabetes and he's 17 years old and was diagnosed with it about a year ago and it sucks a lot. And, uh, I mean, he has to check his blood sugar like three, four times a day, he has to take insulin. He has to do all these things that kind of hinder his, his health. But, uh, I was talking to him about it. He was telling me how much it sucked and how he hated having to deal with it. And I was like, yeah, it sucks, buddy. But it's just a thing that you have to deal with. And every single one of us has something, whether it's big or small, it's something that kind of, you know, we have to take care of on our own. Exactly. And you just gotta, you just gotta deal with the cards you're dealt and mm-hmm. don't let it hinder the things you want to do creatively or the things that make you successful in general. Right. I think it's important to know too, is often in society, we're given a definition of what normal is supposed to be, what, mm-hmm. what a normal body looks like, what normal mental health looks like, physical health, whatever all these different things. Yeah. The thing is, is very few people are actually quote unquote normal. <laughs> There's know? no such thing as normal. There's no such thing. Yeah. Everybody has something. Everybody has something that they have to deal with. And you know what? I'm not going to sit here and compare it and be like, Oh, well my thing's worse than her thing or her thing's more, more impactful than mine. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, no. uh, but I'm saying we all go through struggles, even if they aren't physical ones or mental ones. We all still go through struggles, you know. Agreed. Some people deal with long-term diseases. Others deal with mild depression. Others deal with migraines. Others deal with uh, things where you, diseases like sleep apnea and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot, a lot of of things people deal with. Um. But again, you don't have to let that take over your life ever. Mm, never. Agreed. Work with it. You understand the limitations that you have because you're in this condition. You know, if you have diabetes, you understand what kind of foods you have to eat from now on and kind of uh, taking the shots and all that. Like, yes, you have to do that now. But everything else is still open to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Life, 
life doesn't close a door once you get diabetes or whatever. You know, the door doesn't mm. shut. <laughs> Things aren't over. You still exactly. wake up every single day. You still talk with people. You still creatively do what you want to do. You know, you work around it. You work around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But be good to your body. Be good to yourself. Be good to who you are. You know, there's definitely a reverse of this where you're too focused on YouTube and not on your health at all. <laughs> Let it slip yeah, away. That's also a thing. Yeah, that's that's the reverse end of it. Um, but I'm 100% in favor of having that balance. I think cool. it's something we can agree on. But thank you for the comment. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys so much for the comments. Uh, and if anybody's listening to today's episode and you know you're brought to the to the need to leave us another comment, ask us a question, whatever it may be, let us know. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can do that a couple ways. You can do that in the video on YouTube or VidMe. You can just put that in the comments, or you can go on iTunes and Google Play and leave us a little review. And you can go into Lion's Honor and there's a little comment, uh, a little comment section on there that you can fill out. Yep. If there's something we missed, if there's something you want to talk about, if there's something that we need to bring more attention to or less attention to, if you have suggestions for future topics, if you want to debate us on something, or if you just want to say we did a good job, leave those comments down there. Mm -hmm. The more engagement we get on these, the better the podcast becomes because Agreed. it's a process. You know, We're learning, <laughs> you guys are learning, and we're helping each other improve. Right. If you want to help the podcast in any other ways, leave a like on the video or leave a little subscription. That always helps. Click that notification bell so that you're one of the first people to to know about it. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Google Play, you can actually subscribe to the podcast on there so that you get an I think you they just get automatically downloaded to your iPhone or Android device, depending on how you have it set up. And there's always Patreon if you want to help us in a monetary way you can leave us a couple dollars there that'll help fund the podcast make sure it goes on the right platforms and all that kind of stuff sure sure cool but i think that well, will just about do it for episode mm -hmm. one of another youtube podcast how to survive your first month on youtube crushed it yeah crushing it get crushed <laughs> agreed <laughs> I want some orange crush now. <laughs> exactly. Get some crushed soda in here. Hold on. Or some Fanta or some Sunkiss. There's so many orange sodas. There are. There are like 15 million <laughs> different ones. They're all good though. Anyway, I've been Aiden. And I've been Zach. And we hope you enjoy this episode of another YouTube podcast. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.